0: Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that, like Tommy T, has assumed control. In what was arguably the tougher of the last two matches, Tommy T threw a curveball against Everton last night, rolled the bones, and came up with five changes to the team that beat Liverpool. The biggest surprise was no Mason Mount, but any team without N'Golo Kante is also poorer for his absence. On the bright side, Ziyech was benched, And Callum was back. But maybe, just maybe, we need to learn to trust Tommy T. Chelsea were in complete control of the match and ran out comfortable 2-0 winners. Havertz marked his return with a man of the match performance. And the defence and midfield again looked solid as a rock. That's now 11 matches unbeaten with only two goals conceded. Top four is looking more and more likely with each game. But can Tommy T take us higher? Of course he can. Tommy Tuchel is the high priest of the Temple of Stamford Bridge. All <laughs> members of the Chelsea Federation, Tommy Tuchel has assumed control. And the show tonight is Chelsea Fancast number 802. And the title is We Have Assumed Control. We certainly have. Have we not? I am Stamford Chidge. You are Mr. Kidd. How are you? Um, I'm in control, Chidge. Well, that's, that's the first time for everything, mate. Are you sure? Yeah. I know, no, you're absolutely right. I'm lying. We're we're yeah. a minute and a half in. You've normally lost it by now, mate. You and, uh, sure? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And no, I'll lose it a bit in a minute. Don't worry. How are you though?
0: Seriously, you well? I'm great, thank you. Yeah, fantastic. You looking
1: yeah. well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. pleased to be on the show with with uh, with uh, two two fantastic guests. Really. Brilliant. Yes,
0: we've got we've got the the imperial guard of the old guard tonight. I feel, haven't we? We have we have. A legend, the legend of Gate 7. He is Gate 17. I'm just an interloper with a season ticket. This man is Gate 17, Mr. Mark Worrell. Buonasera! <laughs> Marco and his magic stylophone. How the devil are you, mate?
2: Yeah, very good. I am uh, continuing my rehabilitation. And it's very pleasant to be on your wonderful show this evening.
0: It's lovely to have you back, mate, on a Monday night as well. We've had you on a Friday night and a Monday night. We're very... Oh, well, actually, it's Tuesday saucy, night. Saucy,
2: saucy man.
0: Saucy man, lucky man. But, of course, it is Tuesday night, not Monday. But you know what I mean. Uh, now, the uh, the other, uh, the left and the right hand of the Imperial Guard, of the Old Guard, we have wonderful Mark Meehan on tonight as well.
3: Good evening, Chidge. Good evening, good people of Mixler. I am in complete control this evening. And was that a cheeky little Rush reference with Roll the Bones, Chidge?
0: Roll the Bones and the High Priest of the Temple the of bridge <laughs> And we have assumed control. Well done. Well done, Mark Mean. I, I knew I wouldn't get that past you. <laughs> Although I have to say, you did, You did uh, in my last CFC UK piece, you did miss the, uh, the Foo Fighters reference.
3: I did indeed. Yes, yeah. I did. Yes, I have one point to you. Yeah,
0: on <laughs> on on to the next one. Well, Can I just say it's not fair
1: because you're both much younger than me and I didn't get them because I've never been a fan of Rush. Yeah,
2: you're young you, for me. Did you get my uh, yeah. musical reference in my CFC UK piece? I haven't oh, read yours
0: yet. Yeah. I've only I only turned up on my doorstep on uh, on Saturday, mate. I've only okay. only had time to read mine. I'm still waiting for mine.
2: Sensation, Mike. sad, sweet dreamer. Oh, wow. sweet, sweet dreamer.
1: dreamer. It's Did one of those, things, one you one of
2: those
1: things you put down experience. to experience. Get sorry, you're doing falsetto, sorry.
0: All right, I'll 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 check it out, Mark. I, I, I have it here. If it's proof were needed, I have it here. So there we go. So that's the gang tonight. Uh, I've, uh, I hope you would agree, everybody. A stellar lineup uh, tonight. Uh, and what have we got on for you tonight? Who, who would imagine? It might have something to do with the Chelsea match against Everton. I mean, you know, we're not, we're not that clever. Anyway, on the show tonight, uh, we discuss Tommy Tuchel rolling the bones and getting his selection spot on. We ask how much credit does he deserve? What's he got right and what's he got wrong? And can he take us higher than top four? In part two, we delight in Kai Havertz finding his feet and despair in Werner having two left feet. And with Callum Hudson-Odoi impressing as one of the two tens, is he a better option there or as a wingback? And in part three, JK and myself read out a plethora of very, very good emails sent in by our faithful listeners this week, as well as a couple of uh, questions that came to light uh, on Discord, JK. So we'll answer those. And I have to say, we have another email from uh, Donal, this week, uh, styling himself as midshipman by you, which <laughs> I am so looking forward to. So there you go. So there's loads on the show tonight. Now, of course, don't uh, forget, as ever, uh, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 p.m. by going to Mixler, which is M-I-X-L-R forward slash Chelsea high from Fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. And of course, you can also tweet at Chelsea Fancast anytime you like. And sometimes I might even. Reply. Sometimes I might even reply sensibly. It has been known. Uh, On this point, it's lovely to see, as ever, uh, so many of you. I mean, the Mixler crowd. I mean, you lot are just, I love you all. You're just brilliant. Every week you turn up and listen to us lot blather on for a couple of hours. You must be saints. Definitely deserve a medal of some... Sort. so lovely to see so many of you in there I won't, I won't name check you all there's too many to do it but uh, steve moa planet earth is blue andy the hutch are the last three that i can see on my screen to have said something so they get a name check right after this short break we'll be back to talk about the everton match <laughs> there we go Chelsea 2 Everton 0 it was about as comfortable as it gets really um, I'm wondering how comfortable JK's musings of the match will be tonight um, you said um, Tuchel can he take us higher which of
1: course was a reference to uh, Sly and the family Stone, very
0: good JK very good you got it man definitely
1: is this going to be the norm from now on that it we're might just going to take the whole show has got nothing but references? It might have to, to be, fast because fast, I reckon it's a really good idea. I think that's I a very have, good idea. I think, I I think might, we should do that as much as possible. And uh, um, when Mark's on, we should specifically and Mark, when they're both on, we should specifically find really difficult ones. for them. But, <laughs> they, uh, They'll think,
0: get them, mate. They'll they, get they them. Will, the, they, will, they will. They will. Pervert, they will. They will. They're,
1: they're top banana at it. I know. I know. And uh, well, I'm a little bit disappointed in you, Chid, because you um. You uh you didn't agree with me that Mount had been dropped.
0: He wasn't and, um, dropped. He was rested, it, mate. It, no, come he, he dropped on.
1: Him. If he'd he had been him.
0: No how do you know that?
1: I don't. I'm just saying that he wasn't in the team. You said he was he had to be picked every game. Lo and behold, he's not there. Well, I
0: think he should be picked every game, but I think it's I th- do I. Okay. Alright. I was gonna we're gonna get straight into it then. Because here's a quote from Tommy Chushu. He says,
1: "Isn't is isn't it Tuchel? Cool? Sorry,
0: Tuchel. I don't, I can't remember. You know that I did that interview with that uh, Borussia Dortmund fan. He did tell he said, me the correct he said, way. He said Tuchel. I thought Tuchel. All right, Tuchel. Tuchel. It is. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy you Tuchel. Let me have my rant. You no, no. Now? But I'm going to come in. I'm going to just come in with this. Well, you started yeah, okay. it, mate. You went off and d- yeah, yeah, yeah. dissed yeah. old Mason I, Mount. I was being satirical. Well, I'm. I, I, I'll wait then. Okay, okay.
1: No, I agree completely. You arrested him, but also it was interesting to watch Havertz, wasn't it? Who was." Um, <laughs> <laughs> who, uh, let's be honest, um, seemed to fulfil everything that Mount fulfilled. I kept thinking, God, how does Mount get selected now if Havertz plays like this? Because let's be honest, Havertz was excellent. And also, the, the one thing that I noticed, but in particular, was how quick and speedy he was, which is something that we'd um, we'd clearly missed in his in his kind of uh, uh, Lothario-like had COVID, wander- you mean. wanderings about. Yeah, all the time. I kept thinking he's very languorous, isn't he? He's got skill, but suddenly there's this really swift really schoolful individual i mean i wouldn't name him man of the match that's where i'd be contentious about it i thought because once again i think we're going slightly over the top about it but um because i thought there were others uh, others in the side who uh, um could, could possibly have given that label but it was a completely phenomenal performance but people were saying uh, on twitter no i can't actually deal and they were saying uh, uh, 71 minutes in and i haven't got nervous yet and i'm afraid i'm sorry i'm too old it doesn't really matter how many goals we've uh, we're ahead I will still believe we're going to. You were
0: nervous win. when we played journeys H- 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 in 1971, weren't you? We had a one arm yeah. player playing when for us was, and we were only 30 yeah. nil up. And you were like, was we should have been up. 20.
1: When, when we beat Wigan to win the title and we beat them by 8 <laughs> nil, yes. at 4 nil, I kept thinking, they could have a flurry of goals. You know they could. They could come. I know, But that's, oh. that's because I am, I am um, um, what's the word? Um, I am uh, damaged. I'm damaged, as Mel support.
0: Brooks would say. You've got For high so anxiety, long. mate.
1: Yeah, indeed. And well, I'm happy to admit it. And I think it, you know, it's part and parcel of my my sweet personality. He said, uh, <laughs> giving himself a boost. But anyway, <laughs> no, I don't mean to give
0: you a complex um, or anything, JK. Passed. No, you have
1: given me. I've just i so much. I've taken a scarf off. Um, <laughs> um, uh, can I just say the the, the passing change was absolutely fabulous. They're becoming an absolutely fabulous mm. passing side, and. Uh, I was intrigued that Ancelotti afterwards said we couldn't deal with it, they, the quality in the team. He actually said we cannot deal with this quality. And I find it absolutely bizarre that we're talking about players that we, uh, on the podcast, completely wrote off. We completely wrote some of these. Alonso was fabulous. Alonso had a fabulous game, non-stop. I mean, really, the confidence in the boy and shoot, and his crossing is impeccable. I would, and the free kicks he takes, bloody hell. You know, b- back to his best. You just thought, class player. But so And then it creates a situation of who are they going to sell in the summer? Presuming they're going to move people on. Who are they going to offer new contracts to? I'm bemused now. Everybody that we wrote off is playing fabulously under this system. So you just have to, have to doubt that some of the others. Poor old Pulisic, coming on from the right, looks an absolute shadow of his former self. I don't think he knows what role he's supposed to play. Ziyech um, uh, um, didn't even make it onto the pitch um uh, i'm afraid that our friend verner is still um the the, is com- the the jury is completely out for me if, if there was somebody playing there who just did not have the touch of a squirrel with a nut i'm actually a uh, squirrel with a nut i'm doing being unfair to squirrels because squirrels actually control their nuts better but i'm i'm i, I just think we could have won that game by five yesterday if um uh, if we'd had somebody more on the ball. Now, he tries his heart out. We're going to get to him. I know we're going to talk about him. He tries. But for me, if the quality of this side becomes as good as it's looking to be, you've got to have somebody who just puts the ball in the net, which makes better decisions than he does at the moment. Now, you know, how long are we going to give him? I don't know. Let's keep... I mean, I got told off last night, was it, for not getting behind him by Tony. Tony had a to go and then actually said... said uh, um, and somebody somebody was uh, on my side and said, "Don't have a go at him. It's Jonathan. He's sensitive." And he said, "No, no, no. He puts up with
0: Chig. so he must be doing." <laughs> no, he well. had yeah, to be to be no, 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 to be far like, more no, accurate. No, no. Chidge, sorry, Chidge puts up with him. No 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 no, 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 To be to be far more accurate, they actually yeah, you're gonna said, read it. "You're going to read it out." It really, it really made me laugh my cock off if I can find yeah. it. It's, yeah, yeah. We, we tweet, we we WhatsApp each other so much that it's about. Do uh, you know what? It would take me all night to bloody find it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, he's no. Oh, here we go. He's no ordinary lovey, though. Our oh, J.K. is made of stern stuff. He's had to put up with Chidge for fuck's sake. And I said, "Good man management, Tony. I've toughened him up."
3: Yeah,
1: all yeah. true. Sweet, sweet. But at the same time, he was having a go at me because he was I saying, know. "Get behind him. Get behind him." Well, no, I, we, where, know, where we, we, we know. End, where does this end? Where does this getting behind? All right, we got behind Kesman. We got behind del Horno. we get behind these players at the end of the season they're shipped out yeah you know, you, you know what well, I, I would love to get behind him you know i've got but we um um Havertz. i've got behind him completely excellent, well done, great let's we need more of this
0: but i i think i think it's i you know what this is a whole topic which we could do a whole show on, but in short, to summarize it j k before we before we move on. I think it's really interesting, isn't it? Because I think our our heart says we should always back the players, always support them. And I think especially so when we're in the stadium. But you and I, we all know everybody on this show has been going for a long, long time. Everybody on this show has probably given some stick to a shit Chelsea player over the last 40 years. So I think like everybody, we talk a good game. But the reality is is always different. And why not? It's, it's, we it, want them to do well. We, we want really want well, them to do well. But we're well. humans, we and we're going to give it out But at the same time,
1: if they then don't do stuff that we feel that we could do, you know, like missing the ball completely in the six-yard box and falling over your own feet and, and well, making decisions where you pass the ball behind people, you just go, come well, on. Well, there
0: is a certain person who we all know and love who would, at this juncture, if he was on the show, be saying... Yeah, but it's all right for you to say that. Get your boots on and turn up on (laughs) Saturday and then you'll find out how hard it is. Hurry up. Is that an Alex impression? That's right. It's Alex Churchill. Anyway, um, I'm going to kick off with you, Mr. Meehan, largely because you're at the top left corner of my screen. uh, And and I like to go in rotation, as you know. I think if we start off before even a ball was kicked, it was quite something. Uh, I mean, I, I'd finished work quite late, so I literally got a bit late to the party to find out that uh, Tommy Tuchel had made five, five changes to the side that beat Liverpool, Uh bringing in Zuma for Rudiger, which, okay. Jorginho for Kante, I kind of understood that. I think Kante needs to be managed. But of course, let's set this in the context of the fact that this was a six-pointer, effectively, against Everton for top four. He brings in Alonso for Chilwell. Again, I don't have too much of a problem with that because, you know, Everton are a bit physical. He likes to have Alonso there for his height in the set pieces. Havertz for Mount, of course, was the real shock horror. Um, and I do believe absolutely that Mount was rested. And I also wonder if there was a bit of a, a an eye towards the Atletico-Madrid match to see how we would play without Mount. And, of course, hudson Adoy for Ziyech. Thank God for that. But, of course, in this kind of, you know, playing as a two behind the striker. I'm just going to read you out what uh, Tommy Dukul uh, said about all of this. We have made some changes to have some fresh legs. He doesn't really talk like that, does he? I thought that was a spot-on him. But it's quite funny. Uh, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to speak it in English. Speak it in English. We've made some changes to have some fresh legs in the team. It also shows all the guys that we have total trust in the whole squad. The recent games against Man United and Liverpool were both very intense, both physically and mentally. Now, the thing is, Mark, I get all that. I absolutely get all that. But that, that notwithstanding, and also notwithstanding how well they played and the result, I still think that was a bit of a gamble.
3: Oh, definitely. When I saw the team, I thought, bloody hell, no Mason Mount. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, and I, my immediate reaction was, uh, he'll come on at some point if this isn't working. Um, but, yeah, you know, he, he obviously came on later and obviously we can talk about the substitution and hudson O'Doy coming off, which I thought was a bit harsh on hudson O'Doy. But, yeah, a bit of a gamble. Um, yeah, never mind rolling the bones. He was certainly rolling his dice and his luck there, you know, by, by resting Mason. Mason is the heartbeat of the team. I agree with the point, um, obviously, the games against Man United and Liverpool. If you look at our last four games, we played Everton, Liverpool, Man United and, and Atletico. You know, so we've had a sort of stint of tough games. So I, I can understand the rotation. Some of those changes after the game against Liverpool, I, I understand as well. Bringing Zouma in made sense. Georgino Canty, yeah. You know, Alonso, yeah, Chilwell. They, they all played well at Liverpool. So I can see this is very much squad rotation. But you know, the Mount one did surprise me. But it, it turned out okay. I thought, you know, we probably produced our best performance of the season. You know, so in terms of his gamble, I think it, it paid off significantly. And without risking saying, you know, you trust the process. I think we have to trust, you know, Mister Tuchel, because yeah. clearly, so far in his games in charge, he does rotate quite often, but it all seems to work. You know, yeah. he he clearly is almost doing sort of like different players for different games. Yeah, you know, well, and he's getting the best out of them.
0: I, I, I'm not so sure about that. I think he's actually stuck to stuck to, uh, you know. Well, I think two things: One is he stuck to to the the majority of the players that we've seen playing quite regularly. I mean, the thing is, Marco, what we don't know as we we often have to put this whopping great big caveat onto everything that we say. None of us are at the training ground. He is, and, I, and and I would trust him to be able to look at that squad and say, "Who doesn't look quite on it at the moment? Who's looking a bit tired, who's looking mentally drained a bit?" You know, and I and I I, I I would always trust the manager to know that more than any of us who are not at Cobham.
2: Yeah, I think the interesting thing as well is because the results are going his way, um, you know everything's vindicated. So, for example, last night, um, no Mason Mount. Oh my God! Yeah, what's he doing? You know, Havertz has not call out. Been, he's, he's not been at the <laughs> at the races. Uh, for, for weeks, and then lo and behold, you know Havertz plays out of his skin. So you kind of get a sense that you know maybe he had seen that in in training that Havertz was was at it and ready, and that's why he, he, he opted to you know give give Havertz a game. Um, so you know, and the fact again just to underline that point that we played really well, and, and we are doing this consistently and you know he's undefeated as long as that carries on um no, nobody's really going to challenge his his team selections and you know as long as he's getting a tune out of the players that we'd kind of thought were were past their sell by date as far as featuring for Chelsea were concerned again nobody's going to question that so so it's all good until it's not
0: yeah you're so right but i mean you know it's a good segue too, Marco. J.K., I mean, it's a good question. How much credit does Tuchel deserve? I mean, he's the first manager in, in Premier League history... History. ...to get five clean sheets in his first five home games. And he's closing in on Maurizio Sarri's record at Chelsea of being unbeaten in 12 games. Currently, 11 for Tuchel. So, we've got he's had 11 matches, eight wins, three draws, 13 goals scored, two goals conceded, nine clean sheets. Um... How much credit do you think he deserves? And I think actually picking up, particularly on a point that you and Marco have both made, which is making players who we, you know, hitherto could not wait to get the, you know, to get rid of, and he's actually making them look really good. So I, I would I would err definitely on the fact that it's a lot of credit,
1: all of it. It's all down to him, completely and utterly. Um, uh, he's he's made them into a, a coherent, cohesive setup, playing a way that. Uh, uh, takes advantage of their skill you suddenly think yeah that, actually that was worth paying that huge fee for him other than well, one person I won't keep going on about but um, uh, yeah, I think I think the, the it was very interesting the very first training session he did which was on the fifth stand that we saw had them playing the ball as crisply as uh, and as quickly into position so they got up into the penalty area in a way that I hadn't seen um, I mean not that I studied Frank's uh, um, uh, systems, but it was, it was almost the way that you felt that he wanted them to play immediately. And they've got the skill to be able to do that. So he's taking advantage of that skill that they've got because they're very, very, um, the word he uses is precision, isn't it? They're very precise passes. And the very fact that Jorginho, who was our most hated player, I think, and the one we just wanted, we felt that he was such a hangover from Sarri, is contributing so much in this setup. Um, uh reveals that he's getting the best out of these players so at the moment he's the chairman's dream um and i was actually thinking who on earth do you buy who on earth do you sell given this situation uh because as i said at the beginning everybody um, who we got, thought we were getting rid of, is contributing. And not just contributing, but playing really, really well. I thought Kovacic was excellent again. I thought, um, I mean, not that we have been dis- dissatisfied with him, but we he was he was playing off and on under Frank, whereas uh, now he's um, you know, hes one of the chief contributors. Um, uh, um, and the very fact that Kante didn't get in, you think, well, how are they going to deal with it? And of course, the most improved player who we had written off is Christensen, who was outstanding again mm.
0: yesterday. Yeah
1: so I, I i put i put it all down to whatever magic he's got which apparently he's playing a very german way it's very bayern munich style um it, and uh, it's, it's allowing players to express themselves and um i mean as marco so excellently says yes it's fine until it isn't but at the moment um uh, to me he's exploiting the, the, it's, I love the fact that all the pundits, when Chelsea aren't playing very well, say, well, lots of them are going to be away, aren't they? And when we suddenly start playing excellent, they go, oh, look at the depth in that squad. Well, it's not surprising he's bought all these great players. So it's. It's it's hugely down to the manager in this instance. And I am mean, whether whether in fact part of it is that they, the 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 senior players, the ones that we had before, who weren't playing, weren't actually bothering to play for Frank, which is something that has been debated. But they're certainly bothering to play for for Tuchel, and uh, um, he is clearly a master a master tactician. And um, it will be very interesting to see how far this goes because. Mm. Uh, and um, oh, we'll, he's, we'll, we'll he's get, looking phenomenal.
0: We'll, we'll address that one at the end of this part. But, uh, Mark, as best, it's Mark and Marco. Marco, I'll call you Marco. Mark, I'll call <laughs> you Mark. Just so you know. But, Mark, um, I think it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, you know, Tuchel's clearly a good manager. And I think more to the point, he's doing what good managers do. You know, they come in. And they look at what they've got and they figure out where they can best make use of them. I mean, Conte did that better than anybody I've ever seen at Chelsea. I have to say, when he when he realised that the the four at the back wasn't going to work, and uh, and Tuchel's done the same. Um, what is interesting about Tuchel, I think, is that he's I I, I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. It'd be interested to hear what you think about this. But I I think he's he's still working stuff out. He's 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 trying it out and seeing. Who, I mean, because it's interesting that he's, you know, kind of. I mean, I, you know, I think the best back three, pound for pound, is, uh, you know, Aspie, Rudiger, and you know, Christensen, Stroke, Silver, and he's and he and I think he's like now saying, well, I think Reece James has got to be my my wing back, but then again, he could be saying, well. If we're playing against somebody's shit, then Hudson Odoi my wing back because I've got a more of an offensive option with him. But against anybody who's decent, then James, you know, you can, I, you can almost see the cogs going round, how he's working this all out slowly but surely, working out the best players to the right positions, the best um, pairings, if you like, and all of that kind of thing. Would you agree with that?
3: He's still experimenting. He's only eleven games in. Um, he's getting the best out of players. You know, I would agree with that. Who a few weeks ago, yeah, you would have you were given up the ghost on. I think in terms of what he's done, well, the three at the back. You know, he adopted that early doors, and that worked particularly well. He'll have different people in there. What'll be interesting, you know, not just if things go go wrong. What'll be interesting if when Silver is fit. You know, what he'll do with Silva, because, you know, if you'd said to us sort of six weeks ago, well, Silva would have been first choice in any back three. And now, you know, you've got three players or even four players you know who are playing really well in that back three formation. I think the other thing about Tuchel, he's just getting on with it quietly. Yeah, yeah. So he's making all these chops and changes, experimenting with the team, he's trying different players for different games. Um, no drama. Yeah, you know, there's no no. You know, okay. He shouts a hell of a lot on the touchline, and there was a, was a funny moment last night when he was shouting at Werner. You know, basically said like, "You've been 15 minutes over there on the left. What the bloody hell are you doing on there? Get over on the right." Quite right. Up, yeah, you can pick up all the sound now, but you know, so he's quite animated on the touchline. But there's no sort of like tantrums, like you know, you know, throwing his toys out, you know, you know, fighting with opposition managers, anything like that. He's uh, he's well liked by the press. His press conferences are a joy to behold. He's just getting on the job really, really quietly. You know, behind this, you know, I don't know what it'd be like behind the scenes on the training ground. It'd be great to see a video of what he physically does with the players in terms of training and mm. what, what, what things he employs. I think that'd be absolutely fantastic yeah. to see. But yeah, I think yeah, there's not a lot he's got wrong so so far. I think the only thing I'd say is of the eleven games, I think they said it last night on BT Sport. The team that's given us the most trouble is Barnsley.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely.
2: That's the point I made the other week on on Friday, you
0: you were dead right, Marco. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? One of the things I I, I picking up on what Mark said about uh, you know, his public uh, profile. I I read a really interesting piece on him the other day, and he comes across to me as a very self aware human being. He's he's very self-assured but very self-aware and I and I include his his honesty about his fallibility and his failings as well and he was saying he said look you know I'm quite an emotional guy if you piss me off on the training pitch I'm going to dig you out but I'm not going to hold a grudge against you and I'm not going to I'm not going to make a thing of it I'll, I'll apologize and give you a hug and then we move on you know but he he's a very human individual which I find fascinating about him I think Marco
2: yeah, yeah absolutely um, sorry yeah I, yeah I mean he's, he's kind of um, I think a lot of people myself included are surprised by um, you know there, there was kind of these stories about him being a brusque character and difficult to deal with yeah. and he'd kind of fallen out with um, owners elsewhere um, and obviously he'd done that well, in, in in German and I don't know what language he was communicating with the PSG people in whether that was French German or, 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 or English um, but you know he, he's he's everything that you want from um, from a media point of view from a, from a manager uh, you know he understands the game um, he knows his players he's got a sense of humor he um, And you know he he talks. He comes across like uh, he kind of reminds me of Guardiola in a way, which is you know a pretty um, you know high praise as far as far as I'm concerned. You know he's technically he's competent and he can articulate that very well. And you know it's the results at the end of the day that he could be doing all those things, and you know we could be on a run of form. Um, like Liverpool, uh, you know, in, in which case there'd be a you know, a Twitter meltdown uh, of most extraordinary proportions. So, um, and of course, he's a fashion icon as well, Marco. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I, th- I think it's going to be interesting, um, when we do get to go back to the bridge, which. I'm going to make an assumption that it will be at the start of next season. Um, I don't know, maybe we might squeeze in, some people might squeeze into some games. But I think, you know, in terms of some semblance of a full stadium, um, you know, by that time, tushal might, he might have won a cup. Um, he might have pushed us into the Champions League, which it places, which is obviously where we are now. But it will certainly have kind of, Set his stall out. I mean, everybody's you know waxing lyrical about him now. Um You know, it's going to be like singing his singing his name, Tommy Tuchel's blue and white army. Mm.
0: Do
1: you think it'll be that, or it won't just be like uh, Tommy
0: T? What was that thing,
1: Tommy Tuchel? Whoa, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy,
0: Tommy, 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 Tommy Tuchel. And now
1: I prefer. Remember Space Patrol, guys, as the the TV the program, and it used to go dang da, dan, dan, dan. This is before your time. I'm Tommy Tucul. To cool. Blank looks here. Yeah, Tommy Tuchel. Too cool. Tommy, Tommy Took. Too cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. It won't be that one. I just no. thought I'd tell you that it won't be that one. But um, who knows? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah who knows? I, you know, it, we'll need a song for Tommy. Maybe we should use the Who's Tommy? The Tommy, can you see it. me? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, she, can you hear me?
1: Surely the craftwork one. Tommy. <laughs>
2: Tommy!
0: He wouldn't let it go. (laughs) Listen, old Bean, um, thank you for the musical, uh, the opportunity for a musical (laughs) interlude there. You
1: still want the craftwork one, Jig? Come on. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, I can't remember the lyrics. Oh, God. He's the trainer and he's looking good. He has to win at Chelsea, and that's understood.
2: (laughs) That's enough. I love it.
0: I can't I'll remember the
1: rest. Up, do that. I'll do that in. in oh no, it fans. takes
0: it takes sixteen recoveries to blow his mind. I can't remember the rest. Anyway, it's, it's somebody's got a copy of it somewhere. Anyway, moving on. Um, a couple of quick points, really, just to to pick up on Marco was saying, J.K. I mean, about Tommy T's uh, proclivity to falling out with uh club owners and stuff. I think. I think as always, a bit of context needs to be thrown in here. I mean I do get the feeling that he's very straightforward, he's very honest. If he doesn't like what, what you're doing, he'll tell you and that, that quite often will lead, you know, lead to him, you know, being getting the tin tack or whatever. But at Dortmund, he lost his rag because there was that that, that, that somebody tried to blow up the team bus before a Champions League match. I remember, yeah, yeah, and he and then they made they made them play the next day, and he was really vehemently against that. Yeah. So I think he had good cause to have the hump there. And at PSG, I don't think he liked the fact that Leonardo was interfering with transfers and stuff. And it was a classic well, kind of director of football stroke coach argument. One
1: fears what might happen in the summer if he says, "I want to buy the following players," and the club say, "No, you've got to make do
0: with what you've got." Well, indeed. Classic. We can't that wait. Might, for, might be where we find out, you know. Can't but wait for that chapter. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we could be Conte all over again, couldn't it? Although Indeed. I don't, I don't think he's just half as much trouble as Conte. Conte's just a nutball. But you see, you know, we all we all kind of took to Conte, and we thought, isn't he fantastic? Oh, we love the passion, didn't it? We love the passion. But actually, if we'd have bothered to actually do enough research, you just should have gone back and looked at all of his Italian press conferences where he lost his shit with every press conference
1: it, as i always said at the time it helped that he couldn't speak english very well yeah we yeah. never saw what he was really like no exactly was unbelievably confrontational and unbelievably aggressive yeah. and unbelievably rude to everybody yeah. which yeah. is what he was if you was we didn't watch them the year before
0: did we that was the trouble the, what do you the italian... mean didn't you didn't you watch italian football the year before i know uh, i know, what I, know. All I was listen old bean um you know, we're, I mean, a couple of interesting things. Number one is, I mean, I know we'll talk about our inability to finish yet again in part two. Oh, but we, we, you know, we've also been really finding it very difficult to, uh, you know, even create anything. And and I mean, again, part two will all be full of habits and his role in that. But against Everton, we had eight, 19 goal attempts, nine shots on goal, six uh, off goal. Uh, four blocked shots. Um, so we've up up the ante we upped there. It. We upped it. Yeah. it was down to Werner. Well, Werner had
1: more space, so you know, I I, I give that to him. All right. Well, it, we'll, we'll, well, we'll just
0: park park Werner and have it for now. Because the point I want to make is this: we're we we're, yeah. we're now in fourth. That was a massive win last night. We're now. On 50 points, uh, West Ham are on 48, uh, and Everton are on 46, both with a game in hand on us. However, we are now only four points off Man United in second, who have got 54 points, and Leicester uh, are three points above us on 53. City, w- with you know a 15-point lead over us, we ain't catching them, that's for sure. But I think we're looking exceptionally good for top four. Um, I think because this league is billy bloody bonkers the one thing that will really help any team is consistency and yeah we might not be scoring enough goals but you know eight what was it eight wins three draws that's pretty damn consistent if you ask me and if he can keep that level of consistency without you know you know without getting too spectacular i know we all want that but if he doesn't get too spectacular if he if he remains consistent i think we're absolutely on course for top 4 but I'm thinking, you know what? I don't think second is that is too far out of reach. I really don't, JK. No, I agree completely. I think yeah, and if if Man City just suddenly become
1: Spurs or Liverpool. No, that, ain't, I, happening. Then, uh, that no, ain't No, no, happening. I'm 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 um, I'm giving one of my improbable predictions. You know, we're going to win it this. I did say we'd win it, didn't I, actually at the beginning of the season. I said it was like You said win
0: that uh, um after Frank beat Leeds. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't going to lose another game. Another game. Absolutely right, yeah. I,
1: I was clearly completely wrong. However, I was enthusiastic and positive. And uh, I'm going to make this prediction now that we're going to win the league. No, I think we'll, fi- I think we'll finish um, second. I think, if he, well, if they just need to play as competently as they're playing for the rest of the season. I can't see why it's going to fall apart. I mean, you know, once again, Jonathan makes this ridiculous prediction, but I think things are, are more of a, on, a, on a level now. I think the foundation is there. Now, the other person to mention, of course, who he was absolutely eulogistic about was dave he's actually made a, a big point of saying how fantastic it was playing with such a grounded professional and uh, and how he he mm-hmm. found his influence on the side once again, something we 've never particularly talked about um, his influence on the side a very calm, encouraging uh presence um, it, it clearly you know has is, is something that he's he's tapped into and he's used him. Um, he's very keen to get him back into the team, and I think Dave is 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 not that he's suddenly four years younger. I think he's playing in a position where he's not as under pressure. I think who was it, um, Rudiger, when interviewed, was saying that the difference he was finding playing was that it, they weren't under pressure as much because they were channeling the opposition into their own half. They were uh, they, they weren't pressing as much in, into the penalty area, so they weren't having to defend as as um, uh, strongly, it's the wrong word, they they, they they could predict what was happening more because they were running the game, they were controlling the game, which I think is what happened against Atletico when he started pushing all their attacks um, into, into the side so that anybody, get, there were no out balls, people were given the ball, not given an opportunity to get the ball into the centre because we were controlling it. And that is the way he seems to be thinking. So consequently, someone like Dave, who... Isn't the fastest player that is fast as he used to be? is now just using all his football brain and skill positionally. Um, but I think the the dilemma once again is is does uh, does Silva get a place back oh. in the side with everybody playing like this? We but, shall um, we shall see we shall soon see. Shall see. enough, will uh, not we? I think Dave's role has been very important. In no, this. I, I
0: I think I think he does get a bit of a bad rap. Maybe in this modern game, you 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 need you need more inclusive uh captains than shouters of our generation i mean i'm a great fan of a shouter i can't think why but uh maybe we underestimate dave's abilities as a leader in that team anyway um we're gonna have a quick break in a minute but before we do that um i just want to remind you all out there listening to the chelsea fan cast that the fannies are coming back but they're going to be once a month the good people at chelsea in america uh suggested that we bring them back and i've worked it out uh, and if, for for those who want to know, uh, they are awards for man of the match. Although this will be, uh, m- you know, man of the month really. Uh, Guinness moment, salary moment. Uh, of course, we used to do chart of the match. We can't do that anymore for obvious reasons. Um, now, uh, just to and the, the the key thing here is we've got on the on the Discord group. We've actually got I've got categories there: man of the match, uh, Guinness moment, salary moment. So uh, you know we're all in there on game day. Uh, and then people can put their selections in you know right after the game, which really really helps. but I will collate all of that at the end of the month and then probably do a poll on the website and on twitter and 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 possibly even discord as well and then you can all vote for it, and then uh, we 'll announce them on the first show uh in, that we do in april and for for avoidance of doubt as the legal minds of the Chelsea Fancast would say. Uh, and I say this because it used to cause me unending amount of grief when Cheltel would always get it wrong, and you still are i 'm sure you just do it to wind me up, but anyway, a Guinness moment is a moment of sublime skill it 's that kind of thing you see on a football pitch where you go oh or it's a kind of a sexual feeling it arouses yeah. it arouses your loins it's so good um, for example, Giroud's goal against Madrid that was definitely a Guinness moment. Celery moments are moments of comedy on or off the pitch, or even a moment of unbridled proper Chelsea-ness. So, for example, something that would be a combination of all, funny, on the pitch, and a moment of unbridled proper Chelsea-ness was Kovacic kicking the ball into Mane's head against Liverpool. That is an absolute nailed-on contender for Celery moment of the month. So there you go. So it is pretty simple. So get your suggestions in. After the game, even if you're not on Discord or Patreon or whatever, just tweet them, you know, direct message me or tweet them to me. Email them in, I don't mind. We'll get them all in and we'll, we'll do that again in the first show of each month. Uh, and of course, as Marco was alluding to earlier on, uh, the latest edition of CFC UK is out. Um, as you know, you can't get it on a match day for the obvious reasons, but you can still get it. Uh, you can get it by going to cfcuk.net uh, or you can actually get a proper hard copy by paying two quid, which includes first-class postal delivery. And to get on uh, Marco's subscription... Marco, well, it's actually Dave's subscription. is cfcuk at gate17.co.uk. And I do believe that there's also an app called Matchday Digital, which has the fanzine on it. I commend it to you. We shall return in a minute or two for part two. Fans,
2: real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total Nutters and Proper
1: Chelsea.
0: Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge. Him down there is the Right Honourable Lord Sivvy, Lord Civy, Lord, Lord Privy Seal, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be with you all. Maybe you're the Lord Privy Seal of the Civy. which is better than being the Lord Civy Seal of the Privy. Of the Siggy? No, Sivvy. Civi. The, civi. civi. the, the Civic Seal of the Privy. Yes, indeed. Do you it know what? As a quick aside... That used to be used in editing terminology when I was making programs. You can't use that cut. That's a Lord Privy Seal. And I said, what does that mean? He said, it's when you do something really obvious. So in other words, visually, you'd have a Lord, right? You'd have a bog and then you'd have a seal. Yeah. So you can't do that. It's too obvious. That was a very old joke on that was the week that was. It's true, though. It's true. My favorite is, is, oh, mate, that's a 2CK ad. Do you know what a 2CK ad is? You're an ad man. Two in a kitchen. So, classic kind of family ad with uh, selling... We see them on the TV all the day. Cereals, you name it. They were known in the trade as two CKs. Two in a kitchen. I see, I see.
1: What's that word with the C that you were hiding? It's
0: Charlie. Charlie.
1: It, oh, two Charlies. In two
0: Charlies a in a kitchen. Anyway, we definitely uh, do not have two Charlies with Jonathan and myself tonight. We have two Supremos, Supremos, Supreme Chelsea Minds, great authors and publishers in their own right. And actually, by the way, Mark Meehan is one of them. I saw you very generously uh, doll out uh, a copy of your fine book, of which I have a copy down here, uh, in aid of International Book Day or something last week. Did I see that correctly? It
3: did indeed. It was it was well Book Day. Um, so what I did, and obviously we'll probably give it a plug later, because um, we're doing the sleep out for Stoll. Basically, I got copies of from Save the Bridge to Wembley, and I basically said, if anyone got in touch with me on Twitter, DM me, send me £5, uh, £2 cost to post to you, and the other £3 I will donate to Stoll Veterans for each book sold. So I think I've had about seven books sold so far. So. It's so, a
0: really, it's a cracking book, Mark. I'm so glad you lobbed me a copy. As you, as you can see, actually, I've got the entire Gate Seventeen book collection library within my grasp, Marco. Amazing! Mate. You, you can see that, can't you? Look, they're all Gate 17, Well, they're nearly. Actually, there are a few that aren't, but mate, I've got the entire Gate Seventeen collection down there. <laughs> How about there that? Was,
3: there was someone who posted their their yeah, book collection. Fantastic, book fantastic show, picture.
2: Didn't
0: yeah. Yeah. It's lovely. What a lovely lot you are. Anyway, so we've got Mark, Meehan and Marco Worrell with us. We've got the A team tonight. Now, um time to talk about uh Kai Havertz finding his feet. Um I thought uh I thought what you all said actually in part one was actually spot on, you know, and I and I I, I do think we've got a hell of a player in there. Um I do think he was absolutely flawed by COVID, uh the lockdown, new country being young He's clearly a very good player. Anyway, he was involved in both the goals. He had a goal ruled... Uh, excuse me, where well, my dinner gets him the way of my teeth. He was involved in both goals. He had an offside goal given against him. Uh, he made great runs. He made great line-breaking passes. I thought his link-up player movement was exceptional. Um, handball, surely, Chidge. Handball goal. Well, I think there's a bit of conjecture about that. Oh. I thought it was handball, but I th- I thought it was weird that we, only- we kept on seeing this angle and there was another one that looked completely different. But anyway, not- that's by the by. Mark, I thought it was really interesting. He looked like he had a better understanding. And maybe this relates to what we were saying about Tuchel earlier on. But he seemed to have a much better understanding of what he was supposed to be doing and where he was supposed to be doing it. Hitherto in the season, he looked lost and he disappeared from games. I thought last night, he looked like the main man. And I just wonder... If Tuchel really is ear- earmarking him to play one of those number ten roles, one of the two behind the striker,
3: uh, if he was, it was a good dress rehearsal last night. He was the centre of everything. Yeah, everything went went through him last night, and even months ago, yeah, pre I think pre-Covid, yeah, we were saying it was quite likely that could be a role he he would play, and he, he relished in the role. I th- there was a lovely message on Twitter today. He, he had a non-goal hat trick last night. Yeah. Yeah, he had an own goal, he had a disallowed goal and he had a penalty if he'd gone on, he'd have scored it and, and it'd been a goal. So I thought, yeah, yeah he, he, another night he would have got actual hat-trick. He was, you know, you know, clearly by far, that's his best game You know, in a Chelsea shirt. You look on the back pages of the paper today, it's all about Havertz. And even the same people, you know, who were saying sort of like weeks ago, oh, what a waste of money, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you know after the game, you know, the praise being leaped upon him. Clearly back to the training ground again, you know, Tuchel is seeing something in him that yeah we've seen. And maybe last night was the right time to sort of like put him in that number 10 role. Uh, and he, he reveled in the role. So I think one rule out, yeah, he may sort of put him in and out of the team for a little while longer. And perhaps in the run in, say for about the last half, half a dozen games, yeah, that will become a permanent fixture. I think he's, he's handling them really well last night. So re- really pleased for him. You know, did, did a fine job. Yeah. You know. And again, I'm not sure about that substitution. Was he, was he reluctant to come off? Yeah, possibly. I'd, I'd have probably stayed on the pitch after the game he had. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because he did actually yeah. say, I'm not coming off, mate. Yeah. He did, he did, he, it, he did yeah. a kepper. We can't have yeah, that. He,
3: he a kepper. Yeah. Just, uh, again, it'd been different. If the fans had been in there, you, yeah, you'd come off and the whole grand would have stood to give him a round of applause. He was that good. In an empty stadium, we thought, fuck it, I'm not coming off. I'm staying on the bitter end. Take someone else off.
0: Maybe he said, I'm not, if you're going to take a German off, take Werner off. He's shit, is probably what he said.
3: The other thing, I don't know if you noticed, because earlier in the season, you know, when he really started well, uh, and, you know, there was the advert between BT Sport last night, and I can't remember what drink they advertised, but the drink
0: was silky smooth. No way.
3: It was, and I thought, has Chidge written the bloody script? No, I, want, I want the
0: royalties, mate.
3: Yeah, you have to go back and BT if it's it's there at the halftime break. There was some exotic drink they advertised, and they described the drink as silky and smooth.
0: I don't know, mate. There and are but, thought, yeah. there, there are there are there are ex-Chelsea fancasters who work in the production team at BT Sport. I'm going to mention no names here, but I know it's true. Marco, quick question for you. <laughs> um, I'm glad I talked over that. Um, If we think that uh, Havertz's role is going to be one of the tens behind the uh, striker and Mount is undroppable, does this mean we can look forward to a kind of a little partnership of Mount and Havertz behind the striker? Because, of course, you know, Mount did come on, didn't he? Yeah, I
2: think think the thing is... (coughs) I just think there's there's a, a fluidity actually to 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 Tuchel's team selections that um I, I don't necessarily think that we're gonna see the same the same kind of line up um game game by game moving forwards. Um so I, you know, I think it'd be interesting to see Mountain Havertz you know, with Havertz backfiring on all six as he is now, um, it'll be interesting to see them do 90 minutes together. I mean, whether, whether we get treated to that um, on, uh, for, at the weekend for the Leeds game, I, I don't know, but I'd definitely be keen to see that. Mm. be interesting, won't
1: it? Can uh, I ask a question about Kante a second? Because I'm always intrigued, whenever, whenever he, 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 he embraces all the players at the end of the game, um, Tuchel, which I think is a uh, a lovely thing to do. It's it. I mean, it's it's similar to, to what Frank and it's similar to what Conte did, and Sarri never did, of course. But um, when he gets to Conte, he he sort of slaps him about and 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 massages his chest and arms. Have you noticed that?
0: It's very tact tactile. Tommy tactile.
1: Ta- yeah, but in particular, and then he pats him on the head. You wonder what relationship he's got with him. He puts his arm round Mount. And git puts him in a kind of uh, headlock. Um others he just shakes hands with. You think, What what's that about? Is that he's discovered they're not as um, approachable? Um others
0: he just hugs. I think and he just, loves he, N'Golo, mate. I think well I've been mean, look it, looking if I was N'Golo's manager, I would want to hug him twenty four seven, mate. It's
1: looking like it Jude. but he also it's the fact he rubs his chest. I find that slightly worrying. I don't want that. To
0: <laughs> Maybe he's got Vicks on him. <laughs> maybe maybe soft- Kante it. likes a Vic rubdown
1: yeah and he's got a bit of a cold has not he Tuchel and he fancies getting some of that do you know yeah, what I've
0: just fix- had this really awful random uh, flashback image in my head and I'm sure you've all seen it because you're all of an, a certain vintage but that, that weird documentary that came out in the early 70s featuring dirty Leeds United with the scene of Don Revy lathering down his naked players in the dressing room after the match oh yes Yes. They were very weird up in Yorkshire. Very yeah. dubious. Yes. Very, no, very no, no, weird. Any home I want to know where the soap off. ended up, really, but maybe oh, that's good. another question. Oh. But oh. no, it's weird, isn't it, with the N'Golo? I think I think maybe it is simple. He just loves him. He's such a I mean, the thing is that that you know, when you, you kind of read around about uh, around a bit in football, you just there's nobody there's not one person in the universe that has a bad word to say about Angolo, Kante. Yeah. i think he's just one of life's really lovely people and people really warm to that and i thought it was wonderful what he was saying about him in the press this week leading up to the game the fact that his stats are unbelievable he, he you know we've all said it lester used to say it there were two N- ngolo kantes apparently the stats bear that out his stats yeah. are like twice as good as everybody else's so there you go um jk i'm going to stick with you if the boys don't mind um okay we we you you mentioned it uh, beautifully actually and you 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 covered most of what i wanted to ask in your intro about dear old tim overner who cannot hit a cow's ass with a banjo banjo but my god he does try and I, and I, I, oh. Oh, he does god, try I, I mean he missed he missed four good chances but mm. at least he was in the right place to attempt them i would say i mean the questions really are how long will it take for him to find his form again and it's really annoying. I think this picks up on what you were saying earlier. It's really annoying at the moment because, you know, in a side that struggled to score goals everywhere else, it becomes an even bigger Achilles heel if your striker can't score, doesn't it?
1: Well, I think particularly if the team is playing so well, if the team is playing almost, you know, elite football, if we're suddenly becoming a really top club, which is what the, the aim of the chairman is again, I feel with the, those purchases he made, and one of them, who's a fifty million pound player, is is just not providing. It's uh, um, and yet, yet the very fact that he plays him. But on the other hand, who uh, he can't play Giroud because Giroud doesn't fit into the pattern because he's not quick enough. The one thing Werner is is really swift, and it really benefits the side. But he's just got to be putting the ball in the net. You know, he's taking taking too long, little touch here and there. And you just think the Werner at the beginning of the season would have, and even the Werner last year at Leipzig would just have blasted the ball into the net. So something isn't working, whatever it is. And um, it, I mean, I, I'm bemused also as a fact that I think Joe Tweed's talked about briefly on, on the internet the other day, on Twitter, is why haven't we managed to create a decent striker from the youth? That seems to be an area where, where there isn't somebody you we could have. say... We
0: oh, Tammy Abraham.
1: Um, uh, Clearly, he's found wanting. I'm talking about even, even another one who's, who's present. Well, okay. Like, well, like I put, a, a, a Connor Gallagher. Well, I, I, well OK, him, right.
0: You know? I mean, I would put it round right another way. I think I get what Joe's coming up with. Um, how many world-class players have we produced from the academy? I mean, I think the reality is that the, it's too early to say, but I think potentially Mason Mount is world-class. But how many more? Yeah. I mean, in other words... It's very rare, isn't it? It's really hard to, to suddenly produce out of thin air a world... And I think, actually, Jonathan, the other thing is, how many world-class strikers are there in the world at the moment? There aren't that many. I mean, I remember 15, 20 years ago, you could reel off 10, 15 world-class number nines. Maybe five if you're lucky at the moment.
1: But I think it's also the way that... that the ethic that is required in the way that teams play. Werner's uh, clearly got the ethic because he's 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 quick enough and he does what's required. The one thing he's not doing is that he's especially required of him is putting the ball in the net.
0: No, I agree. And,
1: and But he, he, you know, he, he is, he's achieving what the other, what um, Pulisic is clearly not achieving at the moment. I, f- I feel for Pulisic in, who's looking, I think he's a bit worried that he's being used in the same way he was used at, um, uh, at Borussia and uh, he didn't get on. You know, he was always substitutes. You wonder whether psychologically he's not dealing with it. I like Adoy playing on the left, by the way, I, I, because I, I think he came in really well. I, I won't go on about that. We're going to talk about that. But um, um, but I'm just thinking of potential goal scorers. And uh, I think we've established Giroud, apart from the joy that we have with him playing, does not quite fit the plan because he's not... He, he he doesn't put the pressure on enough. Not to say that he won't pick him because there might be another team that he thinks fits the bill for, to play Giroud. And I, mean,
0: I think I think I mean look, I I don't mean to to undermine what you said at all because I actually agree with everything you said there. But because Werner's job is to stick the ball in the back of the onion bag and he couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. But I mean, if that you if you compare if you yeah. compare how he pressed uh, last night, Marco to 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 what Giroud would have done there would be no comparison. So his, his overall game... I mean, and Tuchel said this, hasn't he, Marco? That his, his overall game contribution is absolutely excellent and he works his bollocks off for the side. You know, once he starts hitting the back of the net, he's going to be brilliant. The thing is, I think it's confidence, mate. If you look at the misses he made last night, you know, there was one in particular where he had to go far post and he blasted it straight at Pickford. You know, that's confidence for me. That's, that's, that's hit and hope, not precision.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it's a familiar story, isn't it? It's a um, Chelsea story, yeah. isn't it? Well, it is. And it's, you know, is it Alvaro Morata all over again? I mean, Morata was actually scoring goals, wasn't he? Um, well, so and was Werner then... early
0: doors. Eight yeah. and 12.
2: Uh, I think at the moment, because we're winning games, um, it, it's it's not so much of an issue because from what I can see, I think, you know, the, the he's, some team is going to be unfortunate when it all comes together for him. Dirty and, leads, Marco. Dirty well, leads.
0: They do ship a few goals, they do. don't they?
2: They do. So, wouldn't that be lovely? Wouldn't it be lovely? Uh, yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I don't see a, an issue. You know, when you, when you see the speed at which he gets in, you know, it was unfortunate he had that goal ruled out, um, the one against Liverpool. Um, you know, I, I, I think I I just think it's fine. Let's let's just see. You know, he's he clearly clearly Tuchel wants to play him. Um clearly everyone wants him to be successful. Clearly, because Chelsea are winning, there's less pressure. Um uh so you know, let let let's see. And then, you know, for everything else, there's Olivier Giroud and and Tammy Abraham.
0: Well, we'll get on to Tammy in a minute, uh, Marco. But, Mark, um, it's, a, it's a very interesting conundrum that he's got. And I think Marco made a really excellent point a minute ago that actually, when you look at who we have in generally the same kind of positions, Pulisic, Ziyech, Mount, Havertz, Hudson-Odoi, you could throw into that mix as well. You know, there's five players. Did I say ZH? Anyway, there's five or six players that can really play in two positions. Last night we saw something which I really have been banging on about a lot for for weeks, which is I think that Hudson Doy's is wasted as a wing back. You don't want you don't want Hudson doy having to run 50 yards back to track back and and tackle their wing back. I want to see him going at defenses and causing havoc. And I absolutely am sure he can play as one of the two behind the striker. And it was really interesting to see that he was played on the left-hand side, which, again, we've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks, he loves to play on the left so he can come in and cut in on his right and crack off a shot because he's got a great right foot. And he actually had a great effort doing just that last night. Um, do you think he's more suited uh, to playing in one of those two roles rather than a wing-back?
3: He's shown his versatility. Um uh, but definitely, in my view, his best position is you know playing out on the left. You know, as we as said, a winger, thinking, traditional yeah, winger, as a traditional tra- traditional winger, yeah, actually taking men on. And I think part of it, you know, maybe that is another thing we credit to Tuchel with, is I think Hudson Odoi is a confidence player. You know, so like like good if you beat a man once, you think you can beat him again. Uh, and I think earlier in the season, he was in and out of the team. You know, he had his own sort of like COVID I- uh, related issues. And it was a bit stop-start. He was playing out on the left, and it wasn't just quite working for him. And I think Tuchel bring him in, actually showing he is a versatile player and playing him at wing-back. And even though he's playing wing-back, he was beating the men and beating the men earlier You know when he was playing in that position. So, again, I think Hudson-Odoi is a confidence-type player. And I, I think he's playing well at the moment. He's confident. And I actually thought he was really unlucky to get substituted for Mount last night. Well, why, why, do you,
0: why do you think that happened? I couldn't understand that.
3: No, That's why I said I, I didn't get that one, you know. Other players, yeah, you know, he, he could have made the change for so you know that just seemed a strange substitution. But I thought you had to bring Mount on, you couldn't take Havertz off because you know, he was playing well. He clearly is tolerant and patient with Werner. So, again, if it had to be a player of the front three, you know, it then turned out, you know, to be Hudson mm. You Yeah, know, it, it wasn't at that point in the game. If it had been a latter substitution, he might have changed it you know kept him on later but that sort of was like 65 minute substitution he's still protecting the midfield you know but so it was a forward player so I, I felt a bit hard to do door last I thought he played really well and he keeps getting substituted so yeah he is a confidence player that could knock him yeah you're worried
0: about that yeah yeah it's an interesting I mean look again we don't know the people involved I mean I I, I interviewed Colin Pates a while back and and he said that Callum is an in, he's a lovely lad. He's he's cheeky. He's got a great personality. He's very confident. He can be a bit naughty. He needs he needs you know a bit of discipline. We know, uh,
3: we know that where he's been. Yeah, yeah wit
0: gift yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. you know. So uh, maybe Tuchel, cool. We I mean we don't know. We don't know Tommy T. We don't see him on the training ground. We don't know what kind of a man manager he is. Maybe he thinks that Callum. Can take it, you know. Some players need an arm around them constantly. Some need to kick up the ass. Some need a combination of the two, you know. I let, let's just trust Tuchel that he that he knows that. Talking of man management, actually, that's a good segue into the strange the, the strange case of the disappearing Tammy Abraham, who has not been seen for a while. Well, I checked out Ben Dinnery's wonderful Premier League injuries website, which is the bible for injuries, and and actually it was backed up by by what Tommy T said this week, although there was some conflicting reports on kind of what he said about Tammy. But apparently he's still out with an ankle stroke foot injury. But this is what Tuchel said that I thought was interesting, um, JK, which didn't sound too good, I don't think, although maybe we're reading too much into it. He says, he lacks a bit of luck, Tammy, not only in games, but also in training. And once the last touch comes back, he will be a player we will we will push forward. Well, if I'm reading that correctly... He's saying that he can't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. Well, <laughs> if that's the case, how come Werner plays every game? Um, they're different kinds of players, though, aren't they? It's, it's Yeah, one it's... one has scored thirty goals for Chelsea in a indeed, season and a half, indeed, and indeed. the other hasn't scored since. You know, he scored one goal since November. Yeah, yeah, I. I, I... Is it that he... goals pay the rent and Keegan does his share, mate? It's... Does he want, to,
1: um, uh, uh, Werner's much more of a winger, isn't he? You wonder whether um, he wants somebody who's got that kind of of speed rather than somebody who's, um, uh, I'm at a loss really, Chidge, I can't say. Uh, it's something that he clearly, it, it, whether he doesn't, does he fit into the setup as it is like Giroud or is he somebody that he plays in certain games? I think he was disappointed by his contribution in a couple of the games um Uh, prior to his injury when he took him off at half time do you remember he seemed just to be uh, um, just not engaged and you wonder whether he thinks that it's a a mental thing Um, I can't uh, I can't work it out the tummy the beginning of last season would walk into any side so uh, um, something must be happening the very fact he's made this statement Unlucky, unlucky with injuries. Um, hasn't got his touch. You, as you say, you wonder whether that's a um, you know a, um, a, 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 fair, a, a not a farewell note, but a, you've got well, to work I, harder to get into the side, mate. He
0: he also he also does say when his touch comes back, he will be a player. Yeah. We will push forward. So yeah. I, he's clearly not counting him out. But I just think that's interesting that he picks up on. On, on, his, on his on on his his inability to find the back of the net, if you like, when Werner, as we know, couldn't find it with X-ray specs, you know. I
1: suppose you, I suppose you could say that Werner's touch is there and that he...
0: Uh, well, we were saying can, the other week that he, he, he's yeah, got... No, indeed, I was about, he, about to he say... Can, he can trap it further than I can kick it.
1: I was about to say that he can kick the ball <laughs> ahead of himself and run after it,
0: I was about to Gagan, say. Gagan
1: again, 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 pressing. Yes,
0: yeah. yes.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so, I, I don't know what the answer is to that. I think it may be the, the role-playing... Is that Tammy is much more of an out-and-out striker than Werner, who appears to be able to play this uh, more versatile wing-winger role, you
0: know? Well, maybe, um, maybe that's it, Mark. You know that we want. You know that. I mean, personally, if it was me, and it isn't, I'm not being paid a cent to manage Chelsea or coach them or whatever. I would like a variety of different strikers in my squad, you know, because I think you need them in the Premier League. Because you know, as we we know already, even if Werner was in great form. He ain't he ain't going to be able to play as a number nine against two hairy ass centre backs who are just going to shepherd him out of the game physically easily, you know. So you, and you you need you need you, you need players you can get on the end of crosses. We've got great wing backs to put crosses in. Giroud can do that great. We need players to hold the ball up. We need players who are a physical presence. You know. I mean, I'm, having said that, and I, I'm aware of what I'm saying here, Liverpool did rather well with three kind of quite smallish strikers, all quite pacey and similar. Maybe Tuchel wants to go that way. Maybe he wants, if you like, kind of three false number nines running at uh, teams. Mr. Meehan. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That helps, doesn't it?
3: (laughs) He wasn't listening. (laughs) Buddy Dave Johnson has sent me a text. You (laughs) cross. Dave Johnson has sent me a text in the middle of that.
0: Hurry up. (laughs) Hurry (laughs) up. Sorry,
3: apologies. You were saying. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I'm just just. I can't even remember what I was saying. I think I think I'd like variety in strikers. I think you need them in the English game for all sorts of reasons because there are different styles and the, the work in different games. But having said that, Liverpool did very, very very well with the the infamous Mane Salah and Firmino lineup, none of whom you would call traditional number nines. Maybe Tuchel in his kind of quick, intense, aggressive passing game wants players like that. And I mean, you know, you you could you could almost replicate what Liverpool have got with Werner Havertz and Pulisic, for example. Werner yeah, Havertz and Mount, for example. So yeah, you, you
3: could do, yeah. And uh, w- without watching Borussia Dortmund and PSG last season and previous season, he's he's not known for having big strikers up front in previous teams he's managed. So theoretically, you could have three sort of small guys up front. That, that's quite quite feasible, and the pace he's playing at. Yeah, and that's no disrespect to Tammy. That's no disrespect to Jordan. He's not, he's
0: not slow, Tammy. Yeah,
3: yeah, you know. But, but p- picking up on the point, obviously, he's not having a bit of luck at the moment. But if he's playing this fast game at the moment and needs pace uh, and obviously the touch that goes with it, you know, that's probably where Vern is probably a better bet for
0: him at this present moment in time. So the question is, Marco. Um... With a Timmy Timmy, with a Tammy Abraham? I mean who, who will Tuchel's number nine be and will Tammy be here this time next year?
2: Well, it's it was a debate online the other week, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean for me, you know, people say that Tammy isn't um a, the high enough cal- of a high enough calibre to be to lead the line for a team that wants to win the Champions League and the Premier League, um, I get that. Uh, but Tammy is a striker who will score twenty to twenty-five goals a season uh, for every team that he plays for, including Chelsea Football Club, given given the opportunity. So, given that that's the name of the game, um, you know whether that he shins them in, they go on in off his ass, you know, in Kerry Dixon fashion, um, they all count. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think with a striker, a lot of it's down to the quality of service. You know, you look at Werner, he's, he's, he's getting in positions, he's having the chances, he's not scoring the goals. So, um, you know, the, 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 there's an element of luck in there. I mean, there's all, all the talk at the moment about trying to sign the kid Haaland from Dortmund. Um you know, in the same way that there was all the talk last season of signing Havertz, um, I don't know. I mean, within the squad, uh, you know, could could Havertz be deployed as a striker? You know, all, all of these things. Um, personally, I'd like Tammy to stay. I understand he wants to play football every week. Um, you know, if I could score 25 goals a week, I'd want to be doing that. Um So, will he still be a Chelsea player next season? I I don't know. Olivier Giroud, obviously, ages against him, um, which kind of leaves us with, with, um, you know, uh, Timo in that specialist role. So, are are we going to see an investment in the transfer market? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's down to Tuchel, isn't it? So, if if Tuchel... um, I think one thing's for certain: we won't see the return of Michi
0: Batsui. <laughs> no, Mark, you had your hand up very politely.
3: Yeah, no, I was just looking at sort of Tammy's goal record this year, and you know he's only twenty-three. He's not having a bad season. You know, he, he he may be sort of not in the side at the moment for the number of games he's played this season, combination of starting and subs appearances, and a goal return of sort of twelve. It's a better ratio than last season, and you know he had a very good season last season, so. He isn't doing too badly for for his age and the number of games he's played. I'd like to I'd like to think he'd be here next season. And again, football a lot of it's about luck as well. Yeah, you and know, being the right person, the right place at the right time, is yeah. You know, what if a couple of our players, you know, God forbid, you know, get a serious injury? You know. there's no transfer window now, so not wishing an injury on Giroud or Werner, for example. But you know, if you lose a couple of key players, Tammy recovers from his injury, he may be the only choice of striker. We've seen that in previous years where. We've sent so many bloody players on loan. You know, we've hardly had a fit centre forward to finish the season off. Yeah.
0: I couldn't agree more with that. I I, I would absolutely keep Tammy Abraham all day long. I think you need that, that you need that variety apart from everything else. And I think Marco's spot on. A, a, Abraham, Abraham, I can't see it at the moment cause I've got, got something up on, sc- on screen. But what, you're going to say something?
1: No, I'm just trying to think, What well, if, if, he'd expressed a desire to if he'd actually said at the training ground or he said to um he's not willing to uh to play in the team unless he's uh, a regular um that may may have already you may already have marked his book with him yeah. If he says I'm I want to leave well, we, we don't that, know that
0: though do we I no mean,
1: indeed i'm but'm i i'm, but I'm, I'm I'm offering that as a ah,
0: yeah yeah I as mean a, as
1: a possibility it, here it could know?
0: well be and I mean he's not he's not signing his contract extension so read into that what you will but I mean here are the facts J K, he's yeah. played 80 games for us he scored 30 goals his goal scoring yeah. ratio has been bettered in the in the Abramovich era only by Costa who has got the best goals to game ratio Drogba Samuel Eto and Eto only played 21 games. So, of, of of players who played over 50 games, he's in elite company. Elite company. Yeah. And he's only 22, 23? 23. 23. 23. Um, he's only played in the Premier League for a season and a half. I mean, I mean, you know, compare him to the great Lukaku that everybody wants to bring back to Chelsea, who managed no goals, zero, zilch, nada, none, fuck all in 10 games. So, you know, Tammy Abraham... Be a massive mistake in my book if we let him go. But I do, I do agree with what you're saying, JK. I think you make a very good point. You know, it's all right for me sitting there wanting him to stay. If He doesn't want to stay, and he's not going to stay, is he? It's as simple as that.
3: But even if JK he's sort of refusing to sign a new contract, it'd be silly to burn his bridges now, because there's 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 ten league games. Well, there'll be a definitely. new manager
0: in a year's time. I
3: was just going <laughs> to say that. I was going to exactly say that. I was saying there's ten games left in this season: Champions League, FA Cup. And with our track record, you know, if he's still in the next season, we may have a new bloody manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Anyway, look, um, I hope I hope you're all going to re-sign your contracts and stay for part three, uh, because it's coming up in a minute or two. But before that, a couple of quick shout-outs of great import. Uh, the first one, of course, is our our weekly shout-out for the Chelsea Supporters Trust, which as you should know by now, is uh, £5 to be a member. That's a, fi- it's a basically the subscriptions per year are £5. Uh, mm. And that entitles you to vote in the uh, the elections that we have and also attend any meetings that we have. Uh, obviously, they're not in person at the moment, which is a great shame. Uh, it's free for non-voting members. But why would you want to be a member of something you can't vote in? I don't know. Uh, easy to get hold of the trust, com. You can join online there. Uh, and follow them at Chelsea S Trust uh, on Twitter. Now, mentioning meetings, there is a special general meeting coming up, which will be virtual. It will be held on Zoom. And the added, added benefit of this meeting is that it will feature a and a with one of my favourite ever Chelsea players. Not Alan Mays. No. Not Derek Kevin. No. Not David even da- Not even Dave Mitchell. No. Uh, it is the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Pat Nevin. I mean, talk, I mean, he's up there with Kerry as my all-time idol. Uh, don't tell Kerry I said that. Uh, but anyway, Pat Nevin is coming to do a question and answer session. He's got a new, uh, a new book out, a very different kind of footballer's autobiography. Uh, knowing Pat, it'll be an absolute cracker. That's coming out in May. So uh, we're getting him nice and early to talk about his new book and all things Chelsea. And, of course, he's a great pundit on uh, Radio 5, as you probably know. Uh, now that will be on via Zoom on Saturday, March the twentieth at two p.m. Now, if you want to, if you want to go to that meeting, if you want to be involved in the Pat Nevin Q&A for the Supporters Trust, guess what? You have to be a member. If you're not a member, your name's not on the list. You're not coming in. So there you go. So there's an incentive for you to join up to the Supporters Trust: five quid to go and be in a Zoom uh, a Zoom Q&A with Pat Nevin. I'd pay five quid for that any day of the week. Now, the other thing, of course, we like to promote heavily on the uh, fancast. of course, is the Chelsea pitch owners. So if you want to own a piece of Chelsea, then you need to get yourself a CPO share. Owning a share means you have a share of the freehold of the stadium, and that protects it from being sold to a rapacious property developer in the Ooh. future should anything happen to Uncle Roman. Uh, and that will ensure that football is played at Stamford Bridge. It's spiritual home forever! now shares are priced between 31 quid that's just for a kind of an electronic share Uh, up right up to 210 quid which is for a a signed uh share which is presented on the pitch Um, but there's all sorts of varietals in between i myself have got one signed by sir frank of lampard which is hanging on my wall slightly it's over there chaps if i'm pointing to it now there you go it's up there but uh, um, I think that cost me about 80 quid. So there you go. So there's all sorts of different prices. They're well worth having. Uh, so just go to the Chelsea website and search for Chelsea Pitch Owners. Now, after the break, me and JK and the boys, we're going to answer a few of your Discord questions and read out some fantastic emails. We'll be back in a minute.
2: Fans real opinions I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea
0: FootballFancast.com. Right, welcome back. This of course is the Chelsea Fancast. We're on the home straight. I'm Stanford Chidge. Emails and stuff and questions to be answered to come up. And of course, I'm joined as ever by the wonderful Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be on the show. And the equally wonderful Mr. Mark Mean. Good evening, everybody. And the beneficent Marco Worrell. No, Sarah. Lovely Me- to see you, mi amigo. Yeah. All right. So, uh, we've got some questions. Uh, thanks largely to the Discord group, which uh, JK and I frequent occasionally. Uh, it's quite fun in there, isn't it, JK? It's a bit pack, pack yeah. these days It's really oh, packed.
1: You put you put a statement in, and there are about twenty-seven flick through, and you think, oh bloody hell,
0: it's
1: too too quick for me.
0: Yeah, some good people in there. A lot of the Mixler crowd are in there, which is really nice because I don't get any chance to kind of interact with them properly on here. So it's nice to catch up with them. Anyway, we've got a few questions from Discord, which I will open up to the boys, and then me and JK can. Uh, and do the emails right kenroy the lovely kenroy says "Salut guys i disagree with the sentiments about var on the show though my opinion is i think many sports have video review that work well tennis basketball cricket rugby and that's where football should aim to be rather than staying in the dark ages for the sake of it i think we as humans have a change resistant mentality by nature but in fact it's not made the game worse because people were complaining about refs just as much before. But after complaining about incompetence, should we complain now about an attempt to make things a little bit fairer just because we have to sacrifice a little? But isn't football about a larger experience than just a goal celebration? Imagine if we lost a Champions League final on an offside goal. Absolutely no Chelsea fan would want to accept that. Conversely, we've benefited from VAR multiple times, Man City last year and Man United this year. I think now the real problem is revealed. The refs are incompetent. And now they have no excuses to hide behind. And the rules are not clear enough and fair enough. Fix that now. Um, Marco, um, are you change resistant? I mean, I could give you chapter and verse as to why I think VAR stinks, but uh, we haven't talked to you about VAR for a long time.
2: Yeah, I, I, I just find it bloody frustrating, to be honest with you. Um, the the lack of consistency is just you know mind boggling. Um, you know everything is open to interpretation. Uh, you know the people in uh, at Stockley Park, the assistant at Stockley Park, uh, the ref um, on the pitch, and I think it's it's almost I don't know. It, it's become it's become a bit of a farce. Um, and I don't know what the, I don't know what the way around it is. Um, short of because it's always going to be different people, so you're never going to have that consistency. Um, I don't know. I mean I, you know at the end of the day, my opinion of VAR is you know it, it, it provides a topic of conversation which obviously the media companies love. Um You know they're going to have whole programs uh, about it. So I I, I don't know. I, I, I just it annoys me. Um But that's maybe because other teams seem to get more favourable via <laughs> our decisions than than Chelsea Football
0: Club. It's mm. a good point. I mean, my my you know I I, I know I've been very ranty about it. In fact, my current CFC UK article. It's called rage against the machine, and it's it's. I don't like the creeping, uh, mechanisation or you know technological technological upsurge in society controlling everything that we do. I think I I like humanity, and I like fallibility as a result of that. And I'd settle for that. I'll settle for referees being a human and making mistakes more than I will settle for some techno geeky nerd in Stockley counting off a, a goal because it's a millimetre offside. I'm just not having that. Plus the fact that there is a massive difference here. If you're in the stadium, Ken Roy, and you're having to put up with VIR, it's the worst thing in the world. I know, I know what you mean about saying, you know, there are more things to football than scoring a goal. If you'd have been watching us in 1980, mate, that, that sentiment would have been very heartfelt. Uh, but the reality is there's nothing like being in a stadium... Full of full of fellow supporters. When your team puts the ball in the onion bag, and you lose your shit and ends full, you cannot. It's better than sex, mate. It's just the most euphoric, wonderful feeling. And we can no longer do that anymore because instead we have to wait to see if some prick at Stockley Park is going to overrule it. It's killing the game, man. It's killing it. Rage against and rise up against the machines. Your uncle Chidge orders you to do so now. I disagree with you, Chip. No, you can disagree with me later because we've got two questions on refs, all right?
1: No, I've got a sec. i got a sec. Can I just say that I, I to disagree with the, the sentiments about VAR on the show, though. I don't have a, a, a negative about VAR at all. Did I say that? No, but he, I'm talking about Ken Roy here. No, he's talking of me. He's talking to you specifically?
0: Yeah. Okay, well, why isn't he he's talking about the show, though? Well, he's talking about what I said on the
1: show. You said on the show, OK, yeah. can I just say that all these things he suggested, I agree with and have
0: suggested. Yeah. And it's not, better,
1: It's not better than sex. James. It's your goal. Anyway, apart from that.
0: No, I'm still thinking about that one. I'll tell you later when I've had that pint. <laughs> uh, right. Nick Leonardson says... I must say, a solid performance and job well done from the boys in blue. This is after the Liverpool game. Uh, is it only me that Ziech seems so lost on the pitch? I can only remember one solid, good pass from him against Liverpool yesterday. Up the chels, Mark Ziech. We kind of he got away scot free largely because he didn't play against uh, Everton. But, but Nick, Nick, Nick.
3: It is not only you. Don't <laughs> worry. Do not worry. You are not alone, Nick. There are many people, you know, in in the same camp as you. Um, it's not working for ZH at the present moment in time. So um, I'll put faith in the manager. You know, let him work with him on the training ground. Let let him come good. We have bought players from the the Dutch league before, who've been a remarkable success, and we've bought players from the Dutch league before. Or who or you could be sort of like the big fish and the small fish over here. It, he, he's got a lovely look to have seen it enough this year. So it's not working at this present moment in time, Nick. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Hmm. Adam Newsom said that when he was watching the
1: game, he heard Tuchel absolutely uh, uh, ball him out for not running back. You know, just really, where are you? What are you doing? Come on, come on. So I think it's a work rate thing as well oh, yeah. as being. Thing it's a, he's a and I don't think the Barnsley game, which has been established was the best performance against us, the 26 uh, times that he lost the ball with no con- contribution did him a lot of good.
0: Hmm. I I I think the whole, you know, there are people out there, there are people in Mixler tonight who've been saying, you know, he, he, you give him a chance, I think it will come good. He's got talent, but I think it's a bit. I personally, I think it's too much of a step up for him from the Dutch league. Anyway, uh, Jamie. Yeah, yeah.
3: Gage, we don't know. You know, yeah, he clearly hasn't had sort of like long enough here to, to show what he can do. He was the best player, you know, against us for Ajax last year. He was brilliant in that full four yeah. game, which was a fantastic game at the bridge. Uh, but even again, if he wasn't running back, even giving the ball away, if he's got other players covering for him, but he's creating a lot and we're getting goals at him at the that other true, end. True. I, th- I think people were cutting some slack. Just at this present moment in time, for whatever reason, and we talked about it wasn't working for Havertz a few weeks ago. You know, it not working for Ziyech at the moment. I just think we persevere, see what happens in the remaining part of the season, see if it, see if he comes good in the latter stages. Yeah. But True at enough. the moment, no. Yeah.
0: True enough. Right, Jamie Chitter says any re- This is for you, J.K. Not specifically, but you're our resident. Uh, you know more about refs than we do. Uh, all I know is that they wear black and they're wankers. Uh, Right, Jamie Chitters says, any reason why the offside rule isn't changed to be based on the player's foot positions should make it more accurate and removes the issue of strikers pointing towards the correct pass or natural leaning into run. So this is reffing uh, Werner's offside goal where they made it offside because his hand was offside.
1: As was pointed out at the time, the the fact that a striker's uh, um, balance is going forwards and he's likely to have his arm out and a defender is either uh, backing or is is likely to be leaning forwards, means that the, uh, the, the attacker is being penalised for something he shouldn't be. And um, indeed, absolutely ridiculous, it should be based on foot or torso or shoulder. That's entirely what it should be based on. And that's what I was told when I ran the line uh, in games, that that's how you did offside, you didn't take arms into consideration. So why arms are being considered now, for var is completely beyond me however they are having a discussion about all these things um i think at this very moment about what how var should be applied to laws so perhaps this will be one that will revert to what i always thought was the way that you you worked out offside in the first place and how i was told to do it when i passed my exams but um perhaps it's evolved in some way mm-hmm. and to just bring it slightly back into into kenroy um uh, I don't understand why they don't. They need to mic the referees up, but they won't. Um, they should. Uh, they
0: should attach electrodes to their testicles. To their
1: testicles. That as well. They should mic them up, and if they make a completely wrong decision and it's backed up by an idiot at, at the other end at Stockley Park, then they should. Um, they should give them a jolt to make them come to their senses. I agree. I continue.
0: volunteer for that role. You'll
1: be the man with the button.
0: I will. Uh, Mark. You were you yeah, your channel. Ironically,
3: in a, one of the many WhatsApp groups, friend of mine, sort of like Dan Ford and I, was sort of talking about this today, uh, and actually, actually, the rest are getting it wrong. They're not applying Rule Eleven of the game. You know, and JK is absolutely right. You know, you don't count hands. You don't count arms. You know, indeed, that it's written down in the FA's own bloody rules. They're not even following their own rules. So it comes back to Kenroy's point. Yeah, you know, about the whole thing about VAR. You know, if they were getting VAR right, they would discount, you know, they would count feet, but they'd discount hands, they'd discount arms. So the refs don't even know the bloody rules of the game. So it comes, comes back to an even possible point about Kenroy. Are they deliberately screwing VAR up? Because they hate it as well as football fans.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. I you know, we've talked about this a lot. And I thought last night's decision against Kai for the supposed handball in the box, uh, I think... I think it was a penalty, and I think Oliver sided with uh, Coote to back his mate up, not make him look it, like a prick. Yes, and I think this is going great. on all the time. All the time.
1: Yeah. All the time. Yeah. It's ego and it's backing them up. And also, I keep going on about this, they're constantly too far away from what's going on, and they can't rely on the linesman anymore because the linesman are so absolutely up to their, their eyeballs in working out whether it's offside or not. But, I mean, or whether, you know, so.
0: but last night, to, to validate that, because I was watching on BT, they had that other idiot, another clown, oh, Walton. God. But Wal- Walton, Walton was adamant it was a penalty yeah. before it went to VAR, and then suddenly VAR comes back. No, uh, no uh, you know, no, no pen. And but if that doesn't tell you, if sport. that doesn't tell you that Oliver was backing his mate up, I don't know what does. Also, they showing
1: the same angle on BT yeah. Sport, which was the wrong angle. Oh, I was wow. going, for fuck's sake, it's not the angle where you can see it. We can see it from the other angle better. Indeed. So was,
0: anyway. Yeah. Very quickly law, law, very quickly. law 11 refs, read the fucking laws. Yeah, the absolutely. Games. Right, yeah. last last question from yeah. Simon Lewis, which we've answered a bit of this. Uh, with the uh, Hudson-Odoi being played and dropped a lot, I'm worried for his future. I can see us losing Callum, Tammy and Ruben this summer and even Billy on loan. That will make me very sad. Am I worrying needless- needlessly, Marco? Uh,
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I think you just have to kind of take role with things at Chelsea. Um, <laughs> yes. I think if you get too kind of embroiled in the emotive issues around various players, um, it just kind of drives you a bit mad. I mean, especially, you know, as we've already hit Highlighted in the show so far. That looks very nice. That pint, a
0: pint of hobgoblin, mate.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know. I mean, you only have to look at fantastic,
0: lovely stuff.
2: You only have to look at what. Um, a what box is, with everybody. What is going on in in respect of um, the uh, the players that are shining that that had lost their luster to know that, you know, a player could come into the side and hit a rich vein of form. Um, so, I, I don't know. I don't know. Chill.
0: Chill, man. Chill. Don't worry. I think, I think Ruben won't make
1: it because he's not playing very well for Fulham. And yeah, afraid. I
2: mean, I think, I think Ruben's shit, shit may be... As a Chelsea player has yeah, sailed player. sadly, I think that
0: injury did that injury did for him really,
1: didn't it? And, and, and um, I worry that that Billy Gilmore isn't um, as, as as athletic as enough uh, as Tuchel requires. Um, but and Callum, I don't think has got a problem whatsoever. I think Callum will be in the side completely. He's essential. I don't, I can't see that at all. Yeah.
0: Well, let's but, let's yeah. hope so. Right, well done. I love the questions on Discord. There's a for those of you who are on Discord and if you want to be on Discord you need to be on Patreon and Matthew, I did see your message on Mixler. If you're on Patreon, which I'm sure you are, just message me and I will send you a link to Discord. But thank you for that. There's a there's a thing called Questions for the Show. Questions for the show. Mark, very quickly.
3: I think the one thing obviously about you know Simon is that making him sad. Like you know, we were talking about Pat Nevin earlier. Yeah. I think, you know, how sad we all were when he left I cried. Yeah. I cried, yeah. mate. Yeah, so well, unfortunately, I... regrettably, that happens. Players come, players go. Yeah. You know, managers yeah. come, managers go. I... The one constant we have at Chelsea Football Club is each and every one of us yeah. who supports.
0: I've cried twice when yeah. players have left. One was Ray Wilkins and the other was Pat Nevin. None of the others got a look in, mate. I didn't cry. I hated him for leaving. <laughs> You're just so vicious, aren't you? <laughs> well, this will take your mind off it. You've got um, an email to read out from the wonderful Ollie talking of Ray Wilkins, Ollie Wilkins.
1: God, it's a great segue, Chid. Well done. Uh, hi, Chid and JK. Smiley face. Thank you, Ollie. You got Alex on the show last week. Uh, clap, clap, uh, more clap, smiley face, love emojis. And Tony, amazing as always. Thank you. Just a quick email. I watched the game on Sunday. I was very impressed with the team performance. Top perform- performers, Azpilicueta, Christensen, Rudiger. And Mount was amazing. Runs all day and night for us, passing all the time. His work off the ball. He's only matched by Kante when he plays well. And I love Kante. He's been up and down the last two years. I think we know why. When one of the best players in the world has a bad day, it looks a lot worse because he's that good at times. People forget he's just one man and a bad game will happen. But today he was great. A blue heart emoji. Kovacic is so good at getting away from players coming at him. I'm pretty sure there were a couple of times there were two or more trying to close him down at points in the game. He's he's terrific at at getting out of, of... of, alle- of, of alleys where you think, no, he's going to lose the ball. Oh, he's got through and oh, he's oh done rather well. Um, I got a bit worried about the handball. I was a referee back in the day. Ah, oh, fellow ref. Um, not 100% sure what to make of this one, but fuck it. Fuck Bruno. He doesn't need any more penalties. I'm happy that he didn't play well today. Not a good performance from him. He's a good player. Can't say he's a bad player. Happy to see Ben. We needed his speed today to stop the counter attack I think he played well too. Ollie was unlucky today, so close. Tuchel went for the win. I was happy. Tuchel went for the win. I was happy with that. We needed the three points. I like what he's trying to do with the team. Still wish we had Frank Lampard as manager in midfield today. I think he'd have got a goal for us today. 100% with Tuchel. Really like him. He knows what he's doing. Has a good CV with PSG and Dortmund. He certainly has that. When he was using a 5-2-2-1 or 3-4-2-1. It's good to see him changing things in game without being mean to the FA football manager kids and teenagers stroke young adults. I'm one of them. Just joking. I see what you're getting at. I know some people who are fans of Man United and City who say we just need to buy, ad name of world-class player and the glory hunters. One is a friend at my school who started as a Manchester United fan in year seven, when in year eight or nine, Manchester City, and now he's Liverpool. Oh, good. But anyone who picked the winner from the last season is a glory hunter, in my opinion, or someone who changes their team a lot like my old friend from school. yeah, It's dreadful, isn't it? I do think it's okay to chop and change when you're under 10 years old. By the time you're 14, you should just have one team, yes. But you can do what you want. There's no law about it. Uh, Hope you're all well. Love you all again. Thanks for the show, Blue Hearts. Chidge, if you want to say this bit on the show, you can message him, but not sure if he would be okay with that. But it's up to you. Side note, this is to the guy who emailed in last week or the week before from Barry St. Edmonds. I like to email. Sorry, I can't remember your name. I live in Brandon. If you want to, when the pubs are open, I'd be happy to have a drink with you and talk Chelsea. Who was that, Chief?
0: I can't remember either, but um, oh, wow. I'm sure they will know. And I just. They will know when they can mail in. I yeah. know. And I loved that. I just thought, there you go. Chelsea fan bringing bringing people together in pubs. <laughs> that's that's my vision for the future. Uh, Ollie, you're such a lovely bloke. I love hearing from you. I do hope you're well, mate. It's always lovely to hear from you. And I'm sorry you missed the cut last week. Um, I got the script done fairly early on the Sunday and it just missed the cut, but it's great to hear from you. So you were first in the queue this week. Right, this one's from Charlie Huskinson. This was a message Charlie left for me on Patreon. He says... Hi, Chidge. I hope you and the guys have a great show tonight. You guys don't realise the joy you bring talking about the Chelsea, especially at the moment when we're unable to get to the games. I'm absolutely gutted with the draw against United, as I personally think they were there for the taking. In my opinion, Werner had to start ahead of Ziyech after his performance in recent weeks, and so we'd have pace up top, with Giroud obviously lacking in that department. I'd love to know yours and the other fancasters' opinions on Ziyech. He clearly has quality, but he seems to have no pace, no desire to track back, gets caught in possession a lot, plays wayward passes without getting his head up and always seems to be on the floor. Other than that, he's great, of course. Uh, To me, he looks like an average player who looked great in an average league. Uh, After the other night, I'm very excited to hear about the possibility of uh, memorabilia, as I'm a massive collector. And with you mentioning the name Bill, I'm guessing it's the Football Prizes Company. Keep the blue flag flying high. Charlie Huskinson. Well, Charlie, great to hear from you. Lovely to the fact that you're on Patreon as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we've answered the ZH thing, I think, in, in in detail earlier on. And you're right, there'll be information coming up about Football Prizes competition very, very shortly, so keep your ears skinned to the messaging. JK, you have the honour of the email of the week, chosen by the wonderful Dean Mears. Jose Ribeiro. Is that right? Yeah. Jose, 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 Jose Ribeiro from Australia. Australia. Jose Ribeiro. Jose Ribeiro.
1: Jose Ribeiro. 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 Um, Rib, Ribby
0: for short in <laughs> Australia. Ribster. Joe for short. Joe Ribby. <laughs> <laughs> That's just an ex-fancast listener we've got.
1: We're going to say we've lost a fan. You that. that's exactly what I was
0: thinking. He's just giving him email of the week. He should be happy.
1: Email of the week. Jose, hooray! or is it Jose? I don't know. Um, hi, guys. Hopefully this email isn't too long. Uh, no, it seems to be all right. Um, feel free to cut it off whenever you see fit. That's a okay. gag. Anyway, um, I'm a long-time listener from Melbourne, Australia. I absolutely love the show, listening to you guys after each game. I always look forward to what you have to say about who played well, who played like shit team tactics, etc. I love the banter between you all. Have a good laugh listening. I feel as though I'm there with you all while oh, tuning in. Lovely. Sweet. Lovely. Um, I'm really feeling for you guys over in the UK and Europe in general with COVID, not being able to be at the bridge cheering on the boys with all your mates. Hopefully things can return to some sort of normality soon. You can all bring some life and atmosphere back into the game. For now, I'll have to deal with fake crowd noise on my live streams. God, the BT Sport 1 is so tedious, isn't it? Anyway, um, my greatest sporting memory by far will be travelling to Europe in 2015 and stopping in London for a few days to watch a Chelsea match at the bridge. Just so happened to be the 3rd of May 2015, where we beat Crystal Palace 1-0 to secure the 14-15 Premier League title under Jose Mourinho. Eden Hazard's headed goal after a saved penalty attempt was something. We were all counting our lucky stars on. We've something, we were all counting our lucky stars on, I'm sure. Obviously, I'd purchased my match ticket some months beforehand, so I didn't know which game I'd be watching. But to this day, I'm so thankful it was a title-winning game, and you can't put a price on that. I still can't believe I was that lucky. The whole experience of the day was something I'll treasure forever, from loading up at the Chelsea store, the hospitality package before the game and at halftime, and even buying a... <gasps> Half and half scarf post-match because it was 50% cheaper than before the game. Yes, they always are, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Five, I'll give five or four quid, four, three, three, if you like. Uh, something I'll probably never get to do again, but it's something I'll never forget and cherish forever. Enough about me. I know you've already covered losing Frank as our manager. Having him was something we've all dreamed of, just like every other Chelsea fan. I was gutted when he was sacked. But everything happens for a reason. He came into a Chelsea side in circumstances no other manager would have accepted. I think no other manager applied for as well, I think. Got us into top four with a young squad and no new signings. But unfortunately, the timing wasn't right for him in his young career to lead us onto the next phase. Maybe one day when his career progresses, he can make a return. TT seems to be doing well so far, but we desperately need a goal scoring midfielder. If only Kovacic could score goals. Oh. He really would be the perfect player. I think I don't think Real Madrid would ever have got rid of him if he could score goals. Is shooting practice? Yes, I always think is shooting practice not an option for these defensive-minded midfielders or is it a case of you can't teach an old dog new tricks? We need some inspiration from somewhere and the inspiration I'm talking about is a rocket from outside the box into the top corner from anyone, preferably a forward because they need the confidence, but sadly I just can't see it happening. There seems to be no urge to shoot, but rather pass and eventually lose the ball. For God's sake, someone just have a crack. We won't hate you for it. If it does come, my guess is from Ziyech. Hmm. Don't ask me why, it's just a feeling I have. Hopefully we can turn this around soon, or else no top four for us. Anyway, keep up the good work. I look forward to the next show. Stay safe. Regards, Jose. Um, I, mean, I, I, I don't agree. I think we can get to top four without having this particular gold scorer, because I think we'll just score one. And 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 then we won't we won't put, uh, let the ball in our net. But um, uh, we've been talking about that for weeks, haven't we? The fact that we need we need a uh, somebody to actually have a dip. But I I wonder whether in fact um, the, the ability to block um, shots has improved with whether the defensive defences have actually got better and better at at, uh, at closing down attackers. Because I'm so impressed by the brilliance of some of the blocking from every team we play against, and from us as well, whether this is something that they've really, every team works on. Because sometimes you think it's an obvious goal and a player zooms in, times it beautifully, and the ball hits him on the leg, goes out for a corner. I mean, the number of teams who are so good at that
0: is is phenomenal. It's a good point there. I mean, there was a really good article this week, actually, which Tony highlighted on Twitter because of his hatred of these concepts like me. But it was um, one of the... Uh, one of the points in it was that expected goals stats, basically that all clubs are employing data analysts now and just absolutely churning through all sorts of stats about the game and the players and everything else. And and the theory is is that expected goals ratios are, are deterring teams from having long range shots because the percentage of goals that go in from a long range are so small. And yes. we're always complaining, aren't we, week in, week out. Oh, why are they always getting into the six-yard area and then bloody passing? Why don't you just put your bloody foot through it, you flubbing idiot? Well, probably because they're being told by their coaches not to take chances by shooting from distance because you've gotten very little chance of scoring. And I think it's really interesting because I thought about saying that before I heard you say that, JK, and then you were saying, oh, well, you know, it's uh, it's because because shots are getting blocked. And I think that's also true. So that's a very interesting perspective. Um, Marco and uh, Mark, um, after Chelsea won the title against Palace, I spent the evening in the, um, the well, what was the old Field, which became, I forget the name of the pub, the Finborough Arms, getting yeah, yeah. very drunk with everybody and basically populating Finborough Road, smoking a very large Cuban cigar with the uh, wonderful Rick Lanville. How did you celebrate the win? you remember?
3: Oh, uh, if it was 2014-15 I would say looking at what pubs have closed I was either probably either in the Seven Stars or the Royal Oak or more likely the Clarence I think. Probably the Clarence by about mm. 2015. Certainly the Seven Stars celebrated the
2: 2005 and six top of in there. Yeah. I, I, I would have almost certainly been in the Rose. mm. mm.
0: Yeah, good bub, good boozer. Apart from the fact they don't let you go in the garden anymore,
2: uh-huh.
0: which is why I think we were probably in the Fimbra. Although maybe the Fimbra was the pub of choice then. But I do remember having a very nice cigar with Uncle Rick Glanville. It was a nice didn't, moment. Didn't I used people to go to Fimbra the Rose. In, in
2: the early eighties? Yeah, I
0: know. What well, was and the I Field? Yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, Mark, you were saying?
2: Didn't people boycott the
3: Rose
0: a few seasons back? Yeah, when... that was that was me. Yeah. Because they or wouldn't let us in the garden. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. That's it, yeah. I was still it, the Eiffel is also the pub the players used to drink in in the 1970s. Yeah. or one of many pubs.
0: <laughs> well, I used to drink in all of them then, did
2: <laughs> Drink I? in all of them.
0: <laughs> the Markham Arms, I always remember for that. Anyway. Right, we've got another email from Sam Cullen. Sam says, Good evening, Chidge, kiddo, and esteemed Ooh. guests. I'm a first-time caller, but an avid listener of the fan cast. I won't bore you with my background, so to put it briefly, third-generation Chelsea fan from London, Zola Poye and Jimmy Floyd scored on my bridge debut. Oh, Mark, what match was that?
3: Oh, bloody hell, I can't remember that. If you asked me a question in the 1970s, it rolled off my tongue. Zola yeah. Poyer
0: and Jimmy Floyd scored on his yeah, bridge new, debut. A
3: few games I'd have scored in that,
0: yeah. Okay, That's right.
3: Two thousand, two thousand and one. 2000, 2001. Okay, oh. right.
0: So, yeah. match made in heaven from day one, and those names will say everything you need to know about why I fell in love with Chelsea. Uh, this week marked my one-year anniversary, anniversary, anniversary away from the bridge, that being the Gilmore Show versus Liverpool, which saddened me a bit. I hope all listeners have been coping okay during this time. That's very nice of you to ask, Sam. Um, we've just beaten Liverpool away in the league. What a feeling. I've given Christensen his share of stick in the last year. However, I've never doubted his ability as a footballer. My main frustrations have been occasionally looking too weak, but more so the fact that I can recall two specific occasions where a fairly innocuous challenge has left him on the deck and the subsequent counter-attack has resulted in a goal, something I can't abide. However, based on recent performances, I truly believe that, certainly in the current system, he could truly shine at the heart of our defence. It's something I'd love to see." I simply cannot believe uh, I've seen people labelling Kante as finished earlier this season. I know there are plenty of cretins on Twitter, but this is true lunacy. I'm thrilled that Tuchel seems to recognise just how good he is. After all, he's world-class, and it's great to see him getting back to his best. For me, when you have a world-class player, he should start every game, and I expect to see Kante doing exactly that moving forward. I don't think I need to speak about Mount as it's clear to see he's the soul and heartbeat of the team to anyone with a functioning brain. Future captain for sure. Dare I compare him to a young Frank? Yes, you should dare. I was furious with the nonsensical offside in the main because I believe Timo deserves a big goal. So to jump up and do a little dance only to have it taken away was truly infuriating. Praise the Lord for Mason. Finally, I think Tuchel has done a great job since taking over. I took Frank's sacking very hard, as we all did. He signed when I was seven and left when I was 20, so you can imagine the imprint he left on my years growing up as a Chelsea fan, along with a few obvious others. I can say with confidence that I enjoyed Frank's tenure in charge as much as any, and it was the best energy i felt at the bridge in my lifetime. I'm more than happy for Tuchel to maintain this pragmatic approach for the rest of the season, because as far as I'm concerned, sacking Frank and not achieving top four is simply not an option. And on the back of that decision, nothing less than a serious title challenge next season will be acceptable to me, seeing as there is clearly no room for a project or sentiment. Apologies for the long email. The fancast has got me through many a tough result, commute, sacking, and I think I thank you all for the time you put into it. I love it. Keep the blue flag flying high, Sam Cullen. What a yeah, what a lovely email, Sam. We love you, mate. That was a cracking email, and what a lovely thing to say. And we really. We really appreciate that. That's lovely. J.K. This is from
1: Jeff Jones. Jonathan. Oh, as a qualified referee. (laughs) I used to know it off by heart. I had to pass my exams, but I I can't remember it. As a qualified referee, can you please explain the offside law in its current form? I was under the the impression that always the same thing again. A player's arms were not considered when deciding off sides. They're not seeing as that particular appendage is not a goal-scoring appendage. I'm thrilled with the win. Mason's goal was sublime. I still can't get over the fact that Timo's goal was chalked off by VAR. From what they showed, only his hand and forearm were past the last defender. Also, I'd be happy to show you around Atlanta, should you ever make it over here. Jeff J, Atlanta, Georgia, USA. I'd love it. I'd love it, Jeff. I'd love to make it over there, and I'd love I'd love to be shown around. Brilliant. When that's yeah. going to happen. Who knows, but I really would love it. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Um I think we've established that. Yeah, it's they're making a mockery of it, and uh, I I still can't work out any of those lines that they seem to show yeah. there. They they sort of seem to they move them around and seem and seem to it doesn't seem to matter where the player is. They always seem to push them push them at an angle, and you think he wasn't there when the ball was kicked, surely? Um, so uh, it's it, well as we've established early on, it's it's so much about them saving face with each other, and it's uh, it's jobs for the boys and cronyism and. Yeah. And they're just not, um, they're not fit for purpose. They're not fit enough. They're all too old. They're all superannuated. And uh, it needs an enormous, enormous shift to make it work. And it's not going to happen. It, do doesn't,
0: it does indeed. And uh, as for Atlanta, Georgia, uh, I would love to go to Atlanta, Georgia. Maybe we should do a Chelsea fan cast tour to Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I, I, because I like Southern girls, I have to say. I went to a wedding, believe it or not, in uh, in in in, where was it? It was in oregon near portland and there were a lot of southern bells there so i i spent the evening doing my best deliverance impersonations like you sure got a pretty mouth, and uh it was highly successful it was, was be- it? yeah they're, they're not they're not very cheesy <laughs> you did you have georgia on your mind i had georgia on my mind and everywhere else mate i was absolutely plastered anyway um we should move on really before i get censored uh, or hit by my wife. More to the point. Anyway, uh, this is from this is. I, I wonder if this is one of um, Kenroy's mates and his wonderful WhatsApp group because this is this is, this is Ras Clayton from Saint Lucia, or Clayton La Elliott as uh, his proper name is. Uh, that's his Ras Clayton is his Instagram uh, account. He says so. I end up listening on Tuesdays and I'm catching up now. Anyway, do you guys think if Lampard had switched to a back three, would that have saved his job, since everyone is raving about the defence now? And if Tommy Tuchel is supposed to be such a tactician and all of that, and, and all that experience he's got, he's got, all this talent up front firing because Lamps didn't have the experience to know what and how to use them. In my opinion, Tommy Tuchel hasn't given me anything to shout about. Marco, I'll let you deal with that one.
2: Well, he hasn't, has he?
0: No, well, fair enough. Well,
2: <laughs> I think I think the thing is, you know, the, 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 there are sort of grumblings of discontent when, when the team sheet is announced, and you know, what why is why is Billy Gilmore not on the bench? Why why is um, Callum Hudson doy not in the starting eleven or Mason Mount as it was last night? Um, and and then Chelsea get a result, and and then you know it's all it's all good. So, you know, I, I I don't want to shout at Tuchel. Cool. Um, I quite like the guy. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure the day will come when we turn in the kind of performance that that is steeped in our history, <laughs> um, and and you know get 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 thumped by somebody ridiculous. Uh, you know, I think there was a they, they were making comments uh, about Chelsea's running on on uh, the television last night and saying I think we play three of the bottom seven or something very soon. You know, they're, they're, they're exactly the fixtures where um, tales of the unexpected stroke glorious unpredictability comes and smacks you in the chops. So... Um, don't, don't be complacent. Take nothing for granted.
0: No, indeed. And uh, Clayton, send my biggest, warmest kisses and love to St Lucia, one of my favourite, favourite, favourite Caribbean islands. It's an absolutely magical place. Mark, quickly.
3: Just very quickly. Um, we'll never know, obviously, with Frank going, but Frank did play a back three earlier in the season when we played West Brom away. And uh, We started at the back three and then obviously he took Alonso off and left him on the coach and went to a back four in the second half. And we got three all draws. So, to be fair, Frank did try the back three and it didn't
0: work. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Right. Now, I've got one more, JK, and then I'm leaving the best till last. Because last week I read uh, Donal's email, uh, his ecclesiastical email, and you, <laughs> you, you were very pissy about it and said, well, you were rubbish. No, I should I have won't. done it.
1: I said I could have done my my priest
0: I know, and I'm I'm well aware that you could and should have done it better than I could. So I've left you. They're don't better, no, do no, no, no. Well. I know, I know. I'm I'm honest enough to know when I'm beat. Okay, thanks. Yes, a lot better than exactly. You. There you go. Right. Anyway, this is from Marco Marco Delavell. Good evening, everyone. I hope everyone is safe and well. Also, I would like to say thank you for putting on another fantastic show this evening. I cannot believe how good we are right now. This is a good good positive one. I'm liking this. Every single player seems to be performing at the moment. Even Kai Havertz is bringing something to the table with his excellent performance against Everton. The entire squad is making it hard for Tommy Tuchel to pick 11 starting players. The performances have been really impressive recently, particularly away at Liverpool and Atletico Madrid. The one thing, however, that I have been impressed with is our defensive setup as a back three, which seems to have provided more stability to the team. Also, over the 11 games that Tuchel has gone with a back three, we've only conceded two goals, but we've also managed to shut out teams that have various attacking threats, such as Liverpool's free-flowing front three, well... Maybe last season. Anyway, Everton's strong and quick front too. United's speeders uh, on the counter and Atletico Madrid's Uruguayan vampire. Uh, Now, what we have to do is to get our striker scoring, which will start to happen soon, I'm sure. Particularly if we keep creating chances like we did against Everton and Liverpool. Once this happens, then maybe the team can provide us with a trophy at the end of the season and many more beyond. I would like to know your thoughts on these points, please. Keep the blue flag flying high. All the best, Marco Delavelle. I'm inclined to agree. I mean, you know, once he sorts out the, the, the front and I think he's doing it, he, he's doing what all great managers do. You start at the back, you get a solid base, a solid foundation. You get that right. Then you go to the midfield, you get the combinations right there. And then, you know, you leave the best to last, which is the, the, how we create and how we put the ball on the net. And I think he's, he's doing that. He's working, he's working through it all. And I have faith that he will get it right. So there you go. Uh, J.K. The last email of the week is another one from the wonderful Donald Bayou, also known as Midshipman Bayou.
1: Midshipman Bayou, dear Rear Admiral Chiji, as you will recall, my most recent missive dwelt upon the ecclesiastical and how we find ourselves on a testing path to the ultimate celestial reward, provided we follow the rules a brother Thomas. I concluded with a reflection upon matters seafaring as we watched an excerpt from the film HMS Defiant in tribute to the late departed actor Johnny Briggs, Mike Baldwin in Coronation Street for the unaffiliated. My father played his father, uh, Frank Baldwin in uh, Coronation Street Uh, as he is punished that's me, Jonathan, not um, midshipman by you, as he is punished with lashes on the ship's deck in front of the assembled company and what That told us of the manner in which many are suffering what they see as unexciting football, stripped, stripped even of its meaning. As the scurvy of frustration eats away at their gums of appreciation and wanting only the sharp citrus of meaningful action to alleviate their present condition, numerous of the ship's company are on the edge of mutiny. Well, it was not my intention to maintain an ongoing correspondence in which we viewed our Chelsea-supporting experience through the prism of matters both nautical and religious. Not least because it did not promise a rich theme of metaphor and illusion with which to feed the ever-hungry engines of the majestic liner that is the Chelsea fancast. If you didn't see what I did there, then you're not on watch as we approach the ice fields of the Northwest Passage. For it is the very story of the search for the Northwest Passage that yielded a glimpse of the as-yet undiscovered route to a satisfying football experience. Yes, I was watching the Terra a few nights back with the following dialogue, when the following dialogue caught my attention like a skull and crossbones on the yardarm. Two crewmen are discussing whether they will be reported by a lieutenant who suspects them, quite rightly, of indulging in certain physical intimacies that were frowned upon in the Royal Navy of 1845. But given their ship is now trapped in the ice to the north of Canada and life on board is bound to become more challenging through the long winter ahead, one of them is confident their secret is safe. Sailor One. I've seen him at Sir John's Sunday service. I've watched him pray. That's a man afraid of chaos. He's not going to invite invite more if he can help it. Sailor two. Can't be sure of it. Sailor one. No, but there are worse things than being lashed. So much for us to unpick here. I've looked at T.T. and yes, he's a man afraid of chaos. Hence the depth of organization that he has brought to a team that was beginning to look lost. Thomas will always demand a solid bullock against chaos. It's out there in the icy waste, shapeless, threatening, a menace to all right-thinking football men. Thomas is locked in a struggle against chaos and will not let it overwhelm him. For once you allow chaos into a tightly run ship, it can never end well. And so discipline must be maintained, be it for players or fans. If that means the sharp sting of the lash of boredom or time on the bench, then so be it. For chaos brings in its train darker horrors than you can imagine in your most terror-laden nightmares or at least going a couple of goals down to Leeds. Our beloved team have now gone eons without conceding, and while free-scoring has yet to lay its kiss hardy-like upon our brow, tonight's display against Everton must be starting to, to convince many that something's afoot, and we're not just talking a sixth of a fathom here. They have now beaten Liverpool and Everton in consecutive games and garnered seven points from a possible nine against their traditional powerhouses of professional Lancashire football. <laughs> Prepare to repel city borders, clear the decks, fix bayonets, cutlasses drawn. Yes, I said traditional powerhouses. So while at times it's been painful and perhaps dark days will return sooner than we anticipate, for now there are worse things than being laughed. Just ask a scouser of the Anfield persuasion. Alternatively, and but for this never ending pestilence, we could all have been in the tavern tonight getting properly lashed. <laughs> so, again, there are worse things. Yours in service to Her Majesty's Navy, Midshipman Bayou. Regards, Donald,
2: Donal, I'm so sorry, Donal Foley. <laughs> Uh, w- wonderful email, wonderfully read. Oh.
0: Uh, just amazing. I mean, only only the Chelsea fan cast can do this. Although it should be said that Donal is a um, a, rear admiral in stu- a, re- a rear admiral not a rear admiral, not rear gunner, a rear admiral on the uh, the wonderful Podding Shed with uh, uh, the the ca- captain Captain Glover. I have to say, well done, well Donal, just absolute genius. And how Dean Mears didn't pick that as the email of the week this week, I will never know. I think that. Uh, I think Dean's going to be keel hauled when I next see him. Um, I think, I however,
1: think we've set up a precedent. I think there will be more of these. There will
0: be more. I feel. I hope so. I, I if, if email, if, if Donald did that every week, I'd be very happy. Uh, I, just I ha- know how many people
1: were switching off? Though. Oh
0: no, no, no! Look, Daryl, Darryl, Daryl's written on Mixler, fantastic with a laughing face, and Chev said super email once again with two laughing faces. So, oh, brilliant, He's brilliant. a ratings winner, is Donal. Um I would have to say, J.K. I like the way that you read that, almost in the style of Captain Pellieu from Hornblower, the wonderful Robert Lindsay, one of my favourite actors. It has to be said.
3: I would. Change. I was going to say Hornblower as well, because like on Saturday mornings now, before yeah. Big yeah. Revisited, they're showing all the Hornblowers I again. Exactly the yep. that same. Is, exactly. And that's what I was thinking. It's Jonathan Reed, I said it's like an episode of Bloody Hornblower, <laughs> Captain
0: <laughs> Pellieu, or he could have been. Uh, they had that wonderful mad actor who played the mad the mad captain in Hornblower. Oh God, he's been in everything. Everything David. Oh, can't remember his name. But anyway, my
3: granddad from Derry Girls, he was in Hornblower. He, was he? Yeah. 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 And, anyway. and he's in the James Nesbitt thing at the moment. He, he, oh, spoiler alert: he got killed. At, yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful stuff, Donald. We love you. Fantastic. If you ever, I mean, I don't, I don't think Donald does that on the Podding Shed, but. He is. He has got a very dry sense of humour. He's very funny on the Podding Shed. So, and I'm sure Tony will eventually get round to doing at least one a season. Anyway, uh, right, uh, we're on the home straight now. We've got to go. A um, couple of very quick big shout outs. The first one, of course, um, is I'll get Mark to pitch in with this in a second. But uh, we've got the big sleep out uh, on March the 27th. Mark.
3: Yep, Saturday, March the 27th. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a virtual sleepout this year. Uh, I myself, I've I've got a vert. I've got a brave and cunning plan, Mark. I've figured it all out. About fifty yards that way is my garden shed, stroke garage. All right, and I'm gonna. It's got It's got Wi-Fi, electrics. You know, I, I can have me my my, uh, my Google Google thing in there, whatever. But before that, in front of that, on a bench, I've got a fire pit in front of that. But I'm gonna have a big fire pit smoke a big Cuban cigar, uh, finish off the rest of the bottle of scotch I bought last year at Pablo's wedding, uh, which will prepare me for a night's rest without the beloved Paul Cannaval waking me up by saying, Chidge, Chidge, who was John Neal's assistant? You know, if you remember that. So I've got oh, it all it, worked out. I've got it all was worked it, out. Was
3: it, what was the first answer? And he screams, no! No, no was, not him, the Wally. other one. He meant early Wally. We were saying he meant Ian McNeil,
0: yeah, yeah, he was yeah, going, yeah. No, no, no. But you got some good news about Paul, yeah?
3: Yep, spoke to him today. Um, he's he's out of hospital because again, if people keep an eye on social media, he had to go back in for a sort of like a small procedure last week. He he came back out today, spoke to him this evening. He has a long road recovery ahead of him, but he he was in good spirits. You know, he clearly has been through the mill, shall we say? Yeah. Um, uh, if, again, if people haven't picked up on it, um, the Paul Cannibal Foundation has put an advert up today. If people have seen the Sabutio shirts, you know, with the 83 84.
0: I, kit. Want, I want one of those. I want one. I want yeah. one. So,
3: again, um, I think whether, you know, we put it up on sort of like uh, the Fancast webpage, but is on Twitter? If you search for Paul Cannibal's Foundation Twitter page, they advertise the shirt today. So a chance to raise some money for Paul as, as he's recovering from the ordeal he's been through. He's been through a hell of a lot. But let's hopefully fingers crossed, he's on the road to recovery. Sadly, we're going to miss him at the sleep out this year. But clearly, you know, if we get a chance to do it back at Stanford Bridge sometime in the next 12 months, he'll be back for that. And again, if people are listening, if they want to donate, you know, please do get involved. Oswald Stoll Foundation are an absolutely brilliant charity. They're next door to Stanford Bridge. They do wonderful work with, you know, former homeless veterans, you know, um, provide support to them, provide them with a home, provide them a lot of love, some of whom have been, you know, serving in conflict, suffer from post traumatic stress disorder and other illnesses as well. We are between us raising some money for a really worthy cause. Your support would be really appreciated.
0: And people can can people still take part in it, or is that cut off been and gone? No, no. You can you can take part. You can even if you decide
3: like you know even twenty four hours before, and like I fancy doing it, please do. You know we haven't sort of set a limit like last year where you said you had to raise a minimum of a hundred pound. We're just sort of saying anyone can get involved, anyone can join in. Uh, I posted a map up on Twitter the other day um, where people are either joining in from or who have actually made a physical donation, and literally this is global. You know, we've got people that are donating from all parts of the world. And again, if you're listening on Mixler, thank you very much for doing so. You know, cl- clearly, you know, I was lucky enough to go down and meet the people of Stoll. They really appreciate what we're doing as Chelsea fans. And the other thing, while I was a bit tardy on here tonight as well, is I was meant to be in a meeting with Stoll just to have a catch up with them. So I was trying to multitask and failed badly as well. But yeah. I mean, he was a, a theatre manager, you know, at He was.
0: He was indeed. He was and, an impresario. Yes.
3: He,
1: he founded the uh, the Royal Variety Show and um, uh, and was uh, was a top uh, the Stoll theatres. He was he's your first
0: a, boss, wasn't
1: he? he funnily enough, uh, uh, I was his, <laughs> uh, I was his his uh, messenger boy in 1915.
0: You were and his a, boy, were you? <laughs> no,
1: his messenger boy. His messenger. <laughs> but no, he was. Um, he <laughs> it, it, it was uh it was a great philanthropist fantastic,
3: fantastic. wasn't he wasn't he all the empire theatres like the hackney empire and yeah, all those yeah, that, that yeah, stole yeah. as well isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. it's a great
0: charity, goal past, goal past the charity. yeah these so. these the a great charity and these these guys really deserve our help and as mark said you can still take part you can still go and do a sleep out wherever you are in the world you're going to sleep in the day if you're in the states it will be a lot bloody warmer so you could do that, you could take part, raise some money for it, or just donate to, to people that are. And on that point, Mark, uh, I need to say a massive, massive big thank you. I've had loads of people that have donated and helped, uh, you know, to sponsor me. One of them is sitting in front of me now. Thank you very much, JK. You are an absolutely lovely person. Uh, but also, uh, Vegas Kev, Alan Jones, Brian Justman, Sonny Sonny Lula, or Lula, Lula, I'm not quite sure, but you've been incredibly generous, my friend, and I thank you so much for that. Uh, Chev, Phil Mundy, Johnny B. Daryl Middleditch, Kerry Hawkins, Dan, Alan Gavarin, Ash Podardo, Joe Mingola, Benji Ellie, Simon Barker, and Galen Roel. You are all absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for sponsor me for the big sleepout, I won't let you down. And as you now know, I shall be doing it in front of a fire pit with a big cigar and a scotch, a bottle of scotch. You wouldn't have me any other way. I know. Uh, uh,
3: two, two other things, Chidge. A big thank you from me to the gentleman in my left hand corner, Mr. Worrell. He was the first person to sponsor me. I got of the course. ball rolling. Top so, top man, Mr. Worrell. Thank you very much. And the other thing, hopefully, and this is sort of like multitasking. Uh, we've done a video with one of the old boys from Stoll. Uh, and I think we're in dialogue with the club that hopefully, if they haven't already done so within the next 24, 48 hours, the club, I think, are going to post up the video on their website as well. Because, again, if people aren't aware, Chelsea Football Club is 100% behind what we're doing here with the sleep Sleepout. Uh, and they're going to lend their support by p- posting a sole video up before the week is out. So watch out for that as well. Good. Excellent. He's, he's Alex. He's absolutely fantastic. I've seen
0: it. It's great. Yeah. i met him, actually, a couple of times. I met him at uh, Canners' do... Last last year, I think it was the year before last now, I don't know um right now, uh, on other news, uh, you heard me mention to Chris Huskinson about football prizes in his email. We are really excited, and I'm genuine here we we really are excited to have teamed up with our friends at football prizes or at football underscore prizes on Twitter to deliver some fantastic Chelsea prizes to our listeners every week, every week for as long as we can hang out for I mean this is like every week, not like once a month every week and the first one we're doing uh is a, a john terry signed and framed shirt uh, and you can win that for just four pounds 95 so basically you buy a ticket for a draw uh, and you can enter that draw at footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash john hyphen terry uh and what they do um every wednesday at, i think half seven they 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 do the you know they do the draw live on facebook it's amazing so go and follow them on facebook as well football prizes um so there you go so go and buy a ticket and you can be entered into that draw and you might just be lucky enough to win a framed and signed john terry shirt and there will be a piece of memorabilia like signed shirt signed boots you name it we're doing every week with these guys football prizes so there you go now the first competition ends at 7:30 p.m. tomorrow so get on it now, people. Uh, footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product hi, uh, forward slash John-Terry. hyphen You just check the Chelsea fancast Twitter feed. I've got a tweet about it up there, and also on our on our uh, Facebook fan page. All the information's there. And as I said, follow Football Prizes at Football underscore Prizes. Now that sadly, sadly is all we've got time for this week. It's been great fun. Uh, tonight now J.K. and i will return on friday with the lovely dane whittle and liam toomey from the athletic for our preview show at 7 p.m live on mixler as ever and then up as a podcast soon after we'll be looking back at all the chelsea news from the week and we'll be looking ahead to saturday lunchtime's match against dirty leeds and i do believe we'll probably have john mckenzie back won't we for our opposition view so we'll be looking forward to that uh next monday me and jk will be back with tony glover and dean mears to look back at the leeds match and ahead to the massive champions league second leg against radical madrid and of course don't forget to check out dean mears's Went to Mo King's Meadow podcast on the Chelsea FC women's team, which will be due out probably tomorrow. Uh, now, the Chelsea Fancast is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. Uh, talking of which, you can also find the Chelsea Fancast and other Chelsea podcasts on the CFC Blues app, as they so eloquently announce here. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you for match highlights, interviews,
2: and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play.
0: Uh, A massive shout out to all the new Patreons and all the old ones for that matter. It's really lovely that so many of you uh, have decided to kind of join us on Patreon, donate uh, a bit of money every month to help me uh, keep up the good work on the shows. Really, really sweet of you to do that. If you want to join us on Patreon and there's no tiers or anything like that, I don't tear it. It's, it's as little or as much as you want. It really is no issue for me at all. If you want to be a part of it, that's all I, I, I need to know. Patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And of course, if you do that, I will immediately, or as soon as I see the message, send you a link to our Discord group, which you've heard us mentioning in tonight, which is great fun. Loads of you in there. A bit like Mixler, but 24-7 all week. And of course, I will also send you a mini Kerry Dixon banner. Uh, obviously this all depends on when they come over from the states so we don't get many over but as soon as i get them i'll send them out to you so you get that as well for being a patreon member uh and of course thank you for your emails tonight uh you can email us uh send us a message on patreon or discord or instagram or tweet and we will read them out on the show on a Monday morning or on a Monday evening. Get the, show, get the emails and stuff in on a Sunday. The email address is ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com. And you can follow the show on Twitter at ChelseaFanCast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Marco at Gate17Marco and Mark Meehan at Eddie Mac, baWA. And, of course, we're on Facebook and Instagram as well at Chelsea Fancast. There you go. Mark, lovely to see you as always, my friend. Lovely to
3: see you and a an, you know, really enjoyable show tonight, Chidge. That last letter was absolutely fantastic.
0: He's a de- a, Donal is a genius. There's no two ways about it. It tickled me when I read that. And it came in late. It came in after the cutoff. And I just looked at that and thought, that has got to go in. Brilliant stuff. Marco, I mean, what an absolute treat for us and all the Chelsea FanCast listeners. We had you on Friday and tonight. How lucky are we? <laughs> been a pleasure. It's
2: uh, It's good to be... Kind of feeling that little bit better.
0: Yeah, good to be back, but not on a Gary Glitter way. No,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's it's really. Lo- I cannot tell you how lovely it is to see those those smiling Nashes, uh, even if it's down even if it's down a zoom lens. It's been brilliant to have you back involved with us, mate. We really missed you while you were away, and we're so happy to see you back on good form, mate. You, you're so, you're a one-off, and you're well loved, mate, on this show from us, but also from our listeners who we we'll are basically wrap it in a, me all the time saying, where's Marco? Why isn't Marco oh, okay. on the show? Yeah. It's great to have you back, mate. It really, really is. Appreciate that. Appreciate nah, it. We love you, mate. You know that. And as for you, Mr. Kidd, you are incorrigible, and I love you to pieces. It's great fun doing it every week with you. You've been brilliant as always. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much for having me on with such esteemed guests, your are your terrific both you guys fantastic yeah
0: they are they're good quality these two 18 mate i say that every week don't i I always say they're the 18 but i mean these two are special we're very lucky they've written more books than you and i have done fan cast these two they're brilliant anyway there you go um last but by no means least a massive shout out and thanks to all of the lovely people on mixler i love the fact that you join us on a on a tuesday or monday night it's it's brilliant we love to see you I'll see some of you in Mixland, no doubt, during the week. Uh, until then, thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Up the chels! Oh, chels! Ah!